This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. All right, boys, we're rolling. All right, Chris, check this out. We're with Joe Hardcore, the promoter. Is that what you call yourself, a promoter for This Is Hardcore? I think I got a higher level, but I'm not totally sure what you would call it. Founder. Founder. Uh, I've seen seen people say when it comes to festivals, curator. A curator, all right. Curator of the fest? Come on, Chris is pushing that down his mouth. uh, Curator of This Hardcore? Now, Joe, why... Why do you do it? Because I know sometimes it makes you nuts. I think I do it because I need to be nuts. You like chaos, don't you? Well, in you, 2006, you know. I caught a case mm-hmm. and thought I was going to go to jail. And I had already written down in the book on the tour in the wintertime, these are the bands I like to try to do. So the fest was rolling. And so I couldn't really leave the house. I could have left the house, but I really needed to stay out of fucking trouble. Mm. So the first summer, putting everything into the fest kind of fucking zeroed me out. And I like to believe that in some degree in the early years, This Is Hardcore was part and parcel to the penance I had to pay back to Hardcore for being a psycho in the earlier part of my tenure at the shows. Mm. Would you say that you ruined a lot of shows in your time? I don't think I ruined it. I think that was the nature. It must be a handful, though. I will say that the nature of hardcore shows was yeah. that people were doing wild shit. Potentially, something's going to happen at the show. Yeah, Everyone would whether think. I'm yeah. there or not, shit was going yeah. down. Yeah. So, at the time, why not just be the fucking guy who sets it off was the yeah. fucking mentality because you wanted that. You wanted the gusto. You wanted to be like, oh, did you see him? He fucking rocked that Some, dude. And somebody's going to set it off. Yeah, someone's yeah. going to set it off. And I got kind of brought into stuff. I was a long hair. So I got kind of brought up by like, look, you're going to go over and hit that guy. And when you hit him, we got your back. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. And set it off. Yeah. So that kind of got formulated in my head for a long time. But I would say that from 2006 to 2010, my focus was on trying to give hardcore something that I thought it needed. From 2011 to about 2014, I was really invested in just trying to make shit happened that I thought was unique to this is hardcore and in the last couple years it's really just been about not saying like topping myself as this point I keep the focus on hardcore bands old and new and just keep it going I mean this has become our family reunion you know like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's the only time I see some of my oldest friends and some of my closest friends and it's probably the only time of the year except for a funeral or a wedding where so many of my friends are all together. So it's personal to me. Yeah. So the sacrifice of my time, some of my psychosis, it's all valid in the respect of the return of seeing all my friends have a good time. And now, do you have a good time at it? I've learned to have a good time. Okay. Um, I, I wish to God I had learned a lot of the lessons that just take time to make some of the earlier years simpler. I made a real ass of myself in early years losing my shit, yeah, you know, and I just didn't know how to I didn't know how to deal with things. And so this article was translated into so many other aspects, how I deal with my personal relationships, how I deal with my work relationships. Um being an organizer and uh logistics at the fest have really helped me with my own work. 
It's, I mean, it's actually been a, I mean, fuck, you think of it's 2016, 2019 now, we started in mm-hmm. 2006. It's been a life lesson. Every year something happens at the fest that teaches me a life lesson. So the balance is there. You know, I ain't, you know, obviously I ain't making a ton of scrattle here. You know, I, I got a union job, but what are you going to, you know, when this is all said and done, I can kind of look back and go, hey, you know, look what we put together, look what we did. And yeah. I, I, I'm, really, I'm really happy with it. How many years? 2006 to 2019, I am going to say that this is the 14th festival. Those Sonny and I always argue, like, well, this is the 13th year. I'm like, the first one you don't count, but technically it's a 14th festival. Why don't you count the four, first one? You don't count your birthday as one, the first day you're born. Oh, the day you're born? Yeah, that's the first one. So this is, oh. the, you're born, like for the fest. 2006 mm. was our first one. Yeah. 2007 was our second one. Okay. You know, but there's like, hey, this is second year of the fe- like. It, yeah. You lose a number. Yeah, it's like a zero year. All right. Yeah. I guess so that makes sense. for me, yeah, I've always been fucking out of my damn mind, and yeah. I've always I had a severe ADHD and a. a Have a you pre- ever heard took brain trauma? Yes, tons. There, I'm very wrong. concerned in my yeah. elder time now, uh, towards getting CTE. Really, is actually something that really, truly affects like some of the decisions I make. Like uh, I don't do steel fighting in the uh, medieval world. Because I had a bad concussion in 2013, got a really bad concussion. And I think looking at all the trauma, I, as a child, I was kind of fucking wild and always got into some shit. Not fighting, just like I was the kind of kid who would jump off a porch, run across trash cans, jump in a refrigerator box, and my friends would tackle me. Mm-hmm. Had multiple concussions, tons of stitches and arm breaking. They thought my mom was abusive because I was in the fucking ER so much. <laughs> but the truth is, I've just always been wired and jumping around. And You're a nutty guy. Always was nutty. I think a lot better. I think I've gotten a lot better, but like it scares me now getting older thinking about the CTE and the potential of like the accumulative damage. Mm. So I kind of more mellow it out, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I do this argument for a multitude of reasons. I can't say, you know, we're the only one because obviously there's plenty of people doing fast. There's plenty of people doing hardcore fast, but it's our family reunion. I think that the touch that we give is unique to what we've done. And we have a great like a lineage you know like we have a great history yeah it's something i like to preserve and continue doing so it's worth investing into and you know uh between the people that i've brought into the fold to help me manage some of the aspects of the fest and the partnership with now franklin music hall and the people that work with it i've got a good balance of like hardcore kids and people that are my friends that have helped all the moving pieces on our end and the venue and the promoters involved have really just done an outstanding job of just making it continue like if this is a hall show some of the moving pieces would be smaller some of the logistics would be easier but the bigger end of it is really a part of the staff and the people at franklin music hall plus the fact that every time you do something you get better at it and you build off of like we have a skeleton of how we operate and we just kind of build off of it you know you know the staff does they seem real cool because i go to events that you aren't involved with at that place it's a totally different vibe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, yeah. it's it's our show. But this hardcore, you have that feeling. Yeah, you're not gonna. Nobody's telling you, hurry up, don't stand here, go over. You know, it's it's not it's, like they, that. I mean, you. I mean, when that thing got open, it was a wild show. I mean, there was a show, Earth Crisis, opening for Mephiscopheles, Misfits, and Guar. 
So fight every single song at Earth Crisis. The beginning of Memphis Gothel is uh, some dudes from South Philly maced a bunch of dudes from Upper Darby. It's all inside hardcore kids fighting. By the time the Misfits went on, there was a big fight between a friend of mine and another guy got smashed. He knocked my friend's tooth out. He got beat with a skateboard. All these big fights always happen at places. Mm. Uh, BC Boys, there was a very serious stabbing. There's always crazy shit at that venue, and we had a very fuck that venue attitude. So when we walked in to Parlay, I just was like, man, I don't know if the hardcore kids will love this place, but there'd been so much time had passed. And really, they have been so quick to acquiesce and accommodate that it's one of the best relationships we've ever had. And that goes for the fact that that team is involved with Union Transfer and Underground Arts. Mm-hmm. They're just really awesome to work with. And they're, because of Brian specifically in his time in punk and hardcore doing shows like, as a small promoter, became a very big, well-known music guy. They get it. And they yeah. wanted to be there. And they would go out of their way to keep us there. So, I mean, it, it's Why good balance. Why do you balance. think that is? What do you think? The street cred? What no, I think that they see the value in a three-day show. And mm-hmm. I, I mean... It's probably got a good look to it. I mean, I'm not a business person. Yeah. For me, they I, must be happy with it. I mean, they, at this point, they give us a lot of support, yeah. and uh, I've learned a lot from working with the team. And kind of like that tr- that threshold transition from 2011 to 12. In 11, Sean Agnew was still a big, huge part of the fest, and kind of like as my mentor, he showed me so much stuff. But really, you know, kept control of like, here's how you do this. This is the platform, and a lot of his mm-hmm. guys were very vital to the first six years of the fest and even afterwards the some of the r5 guys have stayed on with us and really 2012 was like the eye opener hey man you're a fuck up you got to learn how to step up with the big boys mm. but like the venue production manager jerry market is one of the best in the entire country he travels with rolling stones when diana ross comes on he directly runs it like Damn. that dude is so good i called him and said hey i need to see if you can get a trombone or something he's like why don't you just play me the music I go into the office. It's 2012, the Saturday at 8 a.m. I play on the beginning of the GB record. He's like, oh, that's the start of the Kentucky Derby, and this is the horn you need. I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? He knew. Music And knowledge. he had a guy. Wow. The dude knows everything. The only thing he's ever said no to was Sonny's idea for a cable-controlled cam uh, camera. And he said he doesn't want a drone inside the building. Two times Jerry Market said no. That and Bad Luck 13 wanted to have a wood chipper on stage. And he was like, realistically, you can't put a deer carcass in there because bone shards would go everywhere. Huh. And we're like, oh, we didn't even think about that. Huh. He He's that fucking smart. He knows everything. And he just, yeah, he thinks of it immediately. Dude, literally, <laughs> if, if he tells you no. I would have thought about huh. that after after everybody's going to the hospital. I never would have thought. Yeah, pulling up bone shards. <laughs> so who would have known that the bone <laughs> would hurt somebody? <laughs> yeah, never. I never even thought. But that's what me and Goldberg were like, oh, wow, I guess uh, we yeah. didn't think that hard. Yeah. So if Jerry, I mean, like, that's the kind of team players that are behind us, like, yeah. looking out. like. And plus, he, like, he. He didn't like just like what are you guys fucking stupid? No, he laughs. Yeah, he, he laughs and goes, "Well, this is how you, this is why it doesn't reason. work." Yeah. But he's he always entertains it with a smile and well, this can't happen because of this. Yeah, uh, like he was the genius who put decided to put the PA speakers, the front monitors in the in the lights because so many monitors were getting knocked into the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, it's cr- like just little things like they've always done to touch it up and clean it up. I mean, stuff I would never would have thought of, you know. Out of all the bands you booked. What is the is there one proudest moment of a band you brought on that you didn't think would happen and did happen? Every year there's a band like that, but I think I was tears in my eyes here in Turning Point. Turning Point. Turning Point was the band that when I got beyond the base level of Sick of It All, Mad Ball of Hardcore, uh-huh. 
guys like Jamie Davis from Bad Luck who wrote zines and stuff would be like, oh, man, you never really seen Turning Points. So you missed out. Or like Begging Babies. Yeah. I never got to hear them bands. So like, and because Skip was a person in the early 2000s who would hang on South Street at a record store and talk to us, and he passed away before I ever got to see them do a reunion. Yeah. When the idea of doing this show for Skip, I had to sit down with Jay Lachlan, the guitar player, and he was like, this is every reason why I don't want to do it. Uh-huh. Can we please not even headline? Like they basically said, here's why we don't want to do it. And it, not only did I didn't con them, but I convinced them this way. Great. Sell it. And the final thing I said to him was, when you start playing, if you don't think you're ever being, please punch me in the face afterwards. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I was playing, the kids went nuts. I looked at him and said, "You still want to punch me?" And he shakes his head, no. Gosh. And I said, to him, "Like as they're like, yeah. you want to punch me still?" And he just and yeah. like, but those songs in so many different periods in hardcore from '94 when I first started hearing about them to long road trips on the road with, you know, punishment and dysphoria, like listen to that kind of stuff. Yeah. I never thought I would hear it live. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, dude, seeing judge, I saw them at the black and blue bowl was their very first show, obviously, but yeah. like having judge seeing Inga dagger with Jeff Rickley. And that's so crazy that Jeff Rickley would then do turning point songs. Like there's so many every year. There's like a moment. Wow, man, yeah. this fucking band's playing like Chris from saves a day was sitting outside of visions. The kids still have their say record release at the, at the venue going, here's our lifetime band buy a demo, hand out flyers. Now we're going to have them at this hardcore mm. every year. There's a touch. They're like, wow, I can't believe this. And is that the band this year that, uh, a proud booking? Uh, yeah. I mean, I see Cause that's definitely a surprise on the bill. Saves to, the day. to me, to me, when I think of saves a day, they were a band in the trenches. They yeah. just happened to write a song or three or ten at the right time, and record labels picked it up and it got bigger. Yeah. But that had not happened. They would have been a hardcore band. Yeah. They would have stuck around, you know, like whatever got their path. But this was the right timing. Yeah. And I was at the Bane last show. I don't know if you noticed. They were unannounced, but we kind of heard, you know, through the they were going to play. Yeah. I'm on the side of the stage with Greg Falchetto, who's our stage manager, and. Chris Striegel, the fucking internet fucking voice of this is hardcore. And I didn't know how it was going to go. If anybody else in the world but Bane's very last show played after them, it would have bombed. That's how good of the... They put a set on that just shut me down. 2,800 people singing the words. Hardcore kids, too. Bro. There wasn't a person who knew Saves Day was playing who bought the ticket. Yeah. So it was a completely crowded... The roll of the dice for Saves Day. (laughs) And they just happened to tour with them early on and said, yo, we'll play your last show. They're one of those bands, though, that, you know, you, you find certain bands in different genres that hardcore kids love and saves the day, they, you know. See, what they brought in, what they brought in and the bands that followed after, not really my thing. I don't need 17 bands just like it. Yeah. Granted, now I hear a band like Search for Purpose or a band that's playing the fest one step closer. They cover a turning point. I get a little excited. Oh, yeah. You know, but like yeah. the saves the day clones who just stayed in the hardcore world and all their friends only moshed hard. That was never really my thing, but I, I I never put saves the day down. I never said like all oh, those guys. This like yo man, go for them. Even same with Chad and Newfound Glory. Like that dude was in that dude was in hardcore shows his whole life. Were they like are they from New Jersey? They are from New Jersey. Sure, yeah, they were all from like New Brunswick up the yeah. Boundbrook area. They were at tons of shows. They were a part yeah. of you know like New Jersey hardcore was so and members of Lifetime. No, they just sounded yeah. they, so much. That like, was like the influence? Yeah, like I mean, because Lifetime had broken up as we were going to shows, and yeah. they were such a big part of New Brunswick and Hall shows that, it, I mean, it didn't seem wrong. And I mean, it's weird now to think that people would say, oh, it's Lifetime's not a hardcore band. Like, they were only a hardcore band. Yeah. You know, now that saves a day and other bands have come to kind of kick the word pop punk into a different generation. But 
I, I would consider Saves the Day a hardcore I, band I, early on. I was a lifetime a hardcore yeah. band. Oh, definitely. I know, I know your personality. When you see, like, if you post up a band that's playing and some kids throwing some insults, do you take it personally? Because I know how you are. There was a time when everything said about the fast mattered. Is it hard for you to keep your mouth shut about no, stuff? No. I learned to detach. <laughs> I Truly, I had to teach myself to detach. Uh-huh. I had to teach myself that going back and forth gains us nothing but problems. Chris and a bunch of people on social media ridicule and go back and forth. I might get on there and say something kind of funny, but, I, you know, I have... A life, yeah. a wife. It tons could be of a friends. bad look, right? It could no, be no, bad. it's not about bad. Fuck what people but think still, about I, it. No, 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 no. What it is is not channeling because negative. Because the kid might just want to bait you. I, listen, yeah. I'm just not channeling negative energy yeah. through myself to go back and forth. Let your opinion stand. Do whatever you got to do. If they say something completely crazy, racist, something completely bigotry, I'll, I'll cut it out or yeah. delete it or ban it. I don't yeah. care about that. But their opinion, whatever it is. We used to be really hard on it. I used to I used to sit there. Used to go nuts. Literally yeah. eat a fucking bowl of pasta and read everything. I don't care about half of it now. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people, Brooke, Brooke Hoffman, one of them, Chris is another, Kevin's another, who work our social medias. Uh-huh. And they do what they do, and they do a great job. And yeah. it kind of keeps me moving with the other pieces, so I'm not sitting there meandering with every single piece of social media out there by us. See, kids, they, they know you from This Is Hardcore, but... They come in from whatever area of the country, overseas maybe, but maybe they don't know how many shows you do out th- throughout the year anyway. I'm going to say What's that like my an estimation of how many shows you might do in a year? Now with Chris and Bob autonomously doing shows, and we, we all stay in Kenosha, but it's all under Philly Hardcore shows. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like uh, Collectively, our, our team now probably puts together between like 30 or 40 shows a, a year. At one time in 2008, impressive man. Yeah, that's nice. at one point in 2008 or nine, I did 54 shows on my own, and that was my tap out year. I said, "I'm doing too many by wow. myself. I can't focus correctly." Yeah. And Chris started getting more involved. Bob Wilson, who was in Letdown, Mother of Mercy, um, was in Beware. He books FYA in Tampa. That's my Padawan, my my protege. And I love him. Is, where's he live? Philly? He lives in Philly. And he, he goes down. How did he, that start? He, he, dated, he dated this girl. He moved to Florida. He yeah. was the king of Pensacola, Florida. Uh-huh. And then he came back to the Philly where he belongs. And he has such a beautiful thing in FYA in Florida. He still does it. Okay. And it's still a killer thing. It's, it was the first week of January. But Is that under the umbrella of Philly hardcore shows? I mean, everybody it should be everybody who does work there. All the same Philly kids who help out. They all yeah. go down there and support Bob. See, Florida got I'm nothing the without only us. Idiot. <coughs> I'm the only idiot from Philly who hasn't you been down go. to one. Why don't it's, you support your guy? You're underling. I feel Why like the biggest cunt. Him? Every year, I'm either on a job that I can't get off because it's right at wintertime, no, or off. I got the no scrot oaks. We're about to be fucking snowed out for four weeks. Say, Bob, say, tell, say, Bob look what I gave you. Ah. You don't front me a fucking plane ticket in the hotel room to come uh, I, I, It's like, I feel like... As, Bob, do the right thing by this guy. After feel, all he gave you... I feel like, from, from my point of view, it's like a proud moment every year he puts it on. Mm-hmm. I'm a phone call away. Yeah. I think this year, hell or high water, I'm going to be there. But like just in general, the Philly Hardcore team is the best it's ever been, the most organized we've ever been. Uh, we actually just bought in um, Alexis Bradley, who also known as AXBX. She's a blonde mosher, booked some emo shows in New Jersey, bought her in. What's her function? What's she do? She's going to be putting some shows on this year. Oh, she's going to be okay. running all the – she's going to be the point lead person for our after shows this year at the fest. Dope. 
But uh, we're, we're building the team so that way the, the, the ball can still run under the tone of Philly hardcore shows. I mean, yeah. there are other shows in Philadelphia that are hardcore shows, but there's only on. Philly hardcore shows. Why, when they're it comes whack to that. shows. At all. Well, it's not about whack. It's just that the new world of hardcore is some people want to stay in their box yeah. and they see Philly hardcore shows. They might want to go because they hear dumb, dumb things. Uh-huh. But the kids who always support come out. They see our shows. They like them. You know, We yeah. work with a bunch of venues. It's been great. Is it safe to say at this point, Philadelphia, the Pennsylvania scene in general, is the number one scene in the country overpowered the greatness that was once New York hardcore. I didn't think that there are a handful of New York hardcore shows, especially like when the Long Island bands really come out, that still show that like glimmer of like the old times of New York hardcore. Mm. But I don't know if I could compare because what we have is a completely young scene coupled with older bands like Jared's band, Guillotine. Wisdom is still the crown of PA hardcore. Joey, and come the, on, Joey. No, being serious. When Wisdom and, Cha- Wisdom and Chains plays a show, young and old are there. I, don't, I can't speak for New York and say that that's the case. I just know that I can book a show in Philadelphia and there's an age between 15 and 45 at a Philadelphia hardcore show. Mm, yeah. And that's a, that. that's a great thing. And uh, I think the entire Pennsylvania hardcore scene is really shining. It's pretty cool, right? I, dude, it's insane. How about the level of brutality of the Western PA bands, though? Western Yo, PA has heavy fucking bands, bro. This is the year of Enemy Mind. Enemy Mind is hard. Chris, Every you know anything about I Enemy Mind? Every time I see you, nah, it's man. a one, yeah. one, one. Enemy Mind is from Pittsburgh with the singer moved to Greenfield. Philly. And he, the singer was also in Ten of Swords. Yes, he was. Which is a guy from an original guy from No Retreat. Yeah, I, built upon frustration. The guy just, you know, those guys, all those bands, they hammer out the heavy shit. And but, they and they, they were a band for years and then yeah. Mike moved to Philadelphia not far from where I live, started coming around shows. Yeah. And he said he had a new EP, but I cannot believe how good that is. Yeah, it's hard. And like and Face Wreck, who yeah, we just saw AJ, in Altoona. AJ, <laughs> yeah, dude, AJ has crazy. a goddamn hardcore museum. Yes. He's been running the distro, the longest running distro selling at This Is Hardcore Fest, preserving nice. silence. And I think Face Wreck is the name of a No Retreat song. Yes, it is. See, it's all homage and, and respect yeah. out there. You got to love it. And that. he is the greatest single-handed threat online to Rick to Life. Chris, his whole Twitter is written Rick to Life style. Picture I am. Really? Everything he writes pic- as a band Picture is a written. word. Wow. Okay. I, need you to, I need you to craft a word that would be an iamic pantameter, but in Rick to Life. Yeah. <laughs> think about how to make oh, that word up. Oh, yeah. my God. I, I, I can't, think can't about do that. it think, I got to think about that. But think job. about how you can take a Rick to Life and make it like a Rick to Life amaneter or something like that. Because that's exactly how he writes it. It's perfect. Yeah. And that's, it's, that's incredible. It man. literally, it's. I got to do that. That's crazy. Every that. tweet he puts out is, yeah. is retweeted and loved. Like, they did a video just for this article when they announced. It's just incredible. I actually, when we and go, it could have been around forever. You, you going back, going around. back to the shows guy. in general, like there's shows in Doylestown, there's shows in Quakertown. You mm-hmm. guys had a I show in You guys had a show in Pottstown mm-hmm. that was fucking unbelievable. Um, uh, the kids in what is it's a uh, Clem, Clem, Clemenade Five Seven Zero was doing a ton of shows up in the Northeast. Yeah. And you know it seemed to fall off a little bit. They used to have really strong shows. Harrisburg and that. Harrisburg area. has. I have. They haven't seen a really dope show. They at used that to way. have a really strong. When they had the one club, it was a lot of good shows. You know who's making the comeback? Who? WB. Wilkes-Barre. Choose to make one step closer. Those bands are starting to really come up yeah. again. Wilkes-Barre back in the day had a really strong Dude, like nerd scene. But I couldn't like, believe nah, it. That was pretty strong though, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, there was like a weird thing because there was like, the Magnus gang and then there was a strength gang. Yeah. 
And certain, so like you'd have a certain promoter that would do shows at the halls and strengthen them when only playing certain. Because remember that was yeah, a, what was it? There Tinks? was definitely a division. What was the fight we had with Tinks one time? It was like a fucking. Remember you had the, it was Tinks the one with the big stage. Yeah. Yeah, there was the big stage. Yeah. We always had a fight. Tinks looked like a, a generic yeah. nightclub. But I mean, of. you remember back when everyone would have to go to Bethlehem for Scarlets. Yeah. yeah. But it'd be like three bands from New Jersey, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania band, be like Dysphoria or Crutch, and then somehow Chine or some random. And, Insane Angel, yeah, Insane, yeah. like some crazy band from there would have to play. Do you remember that band from Wilkes Barre called Burial Ground? Yeah, we yeah. booked them at the First Unitarian Church. One of my first ten hardcore like shows. A, that was kind of like an early on metalcore style. This is a band. funny. This is a funny story. Singer died. They don't get the yeah. props. So I think. in my, I booked my first show in 1996, and I used to have to handwrite or call bands. Mm-hmm. How do I handwrite them? Every band would leave their address on their stuff. No social yeah. media on your tape. Yeah. Or you could call them on the phone. Yeah. Well, a 16-year-old Joe Harcourt did just that. Called everybody. And I used that. to handwrite them. So when Sick Jamie, blood. RIP Jamie from Burial Crown, wrote me, he's like, we're on Revelation Records and we won't take less than $200 a play. And I'm like, look, we're going to give you $40 plus gas and tolls. Yeah. And he wrote me another letter. I was like, fine, $40 plus gas and tolls is fine. Uh-huh. When they came to the show to play, he was like, we're getting $200 or else. And I pulled the letter out that he wrote. I was like, here's where you said $40 plus gas and tolls. Good. And this is a 16-year-old kid. Literally, great, man. Literally pulling out a letter that he wrote. I was like, here's where you said. <laughs> Joe Harcourt, always litigious. Well, no. It's just like we didn't have that many people. I mean, yeah. I was booking shows. You played one with Mushmouth and yeah. Coming Correct in uh-huh. the summer of 97. There's a hood fight down the street. Like my shows were propagated or populated by the dudes from the Real Deal, mm-hmm. Gut Punch Bob from Gut Punch Records, the guys all the way down in Jersey at the time, Danny from Ego Cage. He's just living like fucking Maze Landing and shit. Yeah. R.I.P. Dwayne, who was from Forsaken Existence, and we call we used to call him Gay Dan, but Danny Hargesheimer, who was in Punishment and in Forsaken Existence, those guys would drive like an hour to a Philly show in the hood. Yeah, this is the I mean, this is one of seventy five. Those people. shows you did work in the hood. They yeah, they're fun. in the hoods, but it was like the band Kensington, yeah. Yeah. all the Junietta kids who were mixed up between like rockers, punk rockers, and just hood kids. Yeah, that was our show. So yeah, we're not getting a hundred people. The only time we had a hundred people at Uni Street Hall was we did Twenty Five to Life. It was yeah. the only big show we did yeah. there, and it was so big we couldn't do another one there. But we yeah. also did like Buried Alive and All Out War at a church in Frankfurt. You know, we did the Junietta, Bad Luck 13, All Out War, first time Death Threat ever played in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I got lucky. And like, I mean, this is my 23rd year of doing shows. That's nuts. It's changed 20, my 30. life. And kids that are younger than that are coming to your shows. I was 16 years old at Christmas in 96. Mm-hmm. My daughter was due to be born February 97. And my mom bought myself and my dead friend, Carmen, who was my roommate at the time, tickets to the Agnostic Front Reunion. Oh, shit. From listening to live at CBGB's, the idea of seeing Agnostic Front was like the penultimate, Yes. if I could see. I love those live records. Agnostic Front. Yeah. I was working at a bowling alley. My dad was trying to get me to do cabinet making on the weekends when I wasn't working at a bowling alley. I had a shitty apartment. My kid's mom was the fucking worst. My Carmen's girlfriend, who would end up dating Kev one from Bulldoze in jail, was even worse than she was. And life was hell besides listening to the profile records, double CDs with Carmen. Yeah. And I got him a job at the Bowen Alley and listening to hardcore. And they kept getting told by everybody, you're going to have to get a job. You're not going to be able to go to shows no more. I go you to a New- kid on the way. Yeah, I got a yeah. kid on the way. I had to quit school, uh-huh. got a GED. 
And I go to see Agnostic Front in New York City, and I'm like, fuck this. I'm never going to stop going to shows. Yeah. I did my first show. Yeah, literally did man. my first show two and a half months later. <laughs> Where was, was it like, at in New York? Do you remember? At the fucking... Um, it's not even it's not even open no more. The wetlands. Wetlands. That was kind of cool. Weird. Dude. Weird like long kind of Yo. Yeah. We got to see the Saturday night show. Literally like tears in my eyes. Yeah. Like I, I get choked up now. I literally get choked up now. Like Yo, how good were those live Agnostic Front records? Bro, like oh, you awesome. gotta understand is I had a cassette tape that I thought was trash of Victim in Pain because I was a metalhead. F- I, so I did and the, the same other thing side, first, The other side it. was Carnivore mixed with Whiplash and I thought it was the shit. Yeah. My mom went to college. She put herself through college as a bartender and working at other kind of clubs. She had a Canadian friend who was into metal. That dude put us on the tapes. I asked my cousin who was our somewhat babysitter really just brought his friends over to watch Dungeon, or play Dungeons Dragons and he put me <laughs> on the metal shit. And it's the only kind of metal and hardcore got Dungeons until, and Dragons and metal go together. Until my, mom, until my mom got us cable, then we had Headbangers Ball. Yes, and that's exactly That's like the gimmick. That's like that my, really is. That man. is like really the, the gimmick of like what got me into this. But them tapes that that dude made me. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Back in the day, the mixtape. And man. then I went to Pat's Music of Frankfurt Avenue. And for some reason, Live at CBGB's didn't have the, the perennial advisory. Uh-huh. So I got the gimmick, and I'm like, "This awesome. is the hardest." Like you know, like and hearing like the shout outs, and I'm like, "You see him? I uh, I got to see like the Clash of the Titans tour in '92. My mom yes. told me like I got to see some of them shows, but Those you never huge. hear the kind of shout outs you see like yeah. when you hear on the AF live at CBGB. Yeah. So it's like that changed my life in hardcore. And so like the fact that I can still say like I'm still doing this. Yeah. I may not be the best dad in the world. I definitely probably misused some of my brains being a fucking idiot and getting punched in the head as a kid. I got to tour the world. I got great friends that could say, hey, I remember your first show. Or, you know, we've been friends for this long. And I, as I get older, I say, oh, I remember him. I met him in 97. I met him in 98. To these younger kids, are like, How? What? I'm 20 years old. I, you know, I can't believe you've been friends with these yeah. people this long. You know, like, it's the greatest impact. And going back to your very first question, that's part of why I still do this. Yeah. You know, like maybe one day Bob will pick up the pace and, you know, maybe Bob will come. Bobby. Bobby will come and get the throne. Well, check this out. Yeah. That show has such an impact on you. And then now this even, year. So I'm you, a mark. Like you, I, I get upset when I don't get the book bands. I get upset when I don't get what I want. And I'm, I'm a cancer. That's the way it's always going to be. Big baby. Big fucking big baby. baby. I'm the biggest baby in the <laughs> world. And I ain't going to lie. I'm going to put in, Richie. Richie's one of my. Richie's probably my. Second or third close. Actually, I talked to Richie more than I talked to any of my friends. You know, I love crazy friend. people, Chris. You know that. Rich, so. Rich how do, many do, hours do you think we log? <laughs> how many hours we log a week on the phone? If we tell people, they'd be yeah, skeptical. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Richie knows I'm one of the biggest babies there fucking is. I saw Godfathers and I got so teared up. Yeah. Like, I, I still get teared up thinking about it. And, like, yeah. I immediately wrote oh, Roger and was like, any here. You want to play the fest? You're one. I don't care. <laughs> you have to play every year. Because <laughs> like, oh, war once play. Like the bands were always. I always say everybody, if you want to play, you can play. Yeah. And I, that's been my rule for so many of my friends' bands. Because a, you don't know when it's going to be over. B, I love them so much. Why not? But with AF and the tone of that movie, like, holy fuck! Well, and the story that you just told about how important that show was, and then now you have them on the fest doing a reunion <sighs> set. <sighs> Or an anniversary set, I should victim say. Victim in Pain, United Blood, all in one. And I think I was like what? you and probably Chris, too, where I didn't get Victim in Pain at first. <laughs> I didn't get it. Listen, it, took, it took MTV and that video to make me understand. Here's, here's the gimmick. Is yes. like, I saw Cliff Burton. I had every Metallica poster on my wall. Yeah. If it wasn't a metal magazine, it got put on my wall. 
Uh, until 91, when I started going to Cell Block and seeing death metal bands, thrash, hair metal was my shit. Started seeing death metal, some of that hair had to go. Thrash was still my shit. Megadeth came out with Rust in Peace, and, and that ruined my life. Because I'm like, wait, how does Megadeth have a better record than Metallica? Mm. Like, it fucked me up. But when I saw that Meg- when I saw that Cliff had a tattoo of the Misfits call, I thought Misfits was going to be the bomb. Yeah. I thought it was trash. It, when you hear it at first, you don't trash. get it. Trash. I didn't get it. I, I still don't dig the Bad Brains. Yeah. I finally am... I don't dig the Bad Brains. The yeah. only OG original lineup out-of-the-box hardcore bands that I've loved since day one, the first time I heard them, would be... First time I heard Descendants, I thought they were crazy. I literally didn't understand that they were that old and that sick. Uh-huh. I think the Dead Kennedys is one of the coolest, weird-sounding bands of all time. Yeah. And like, even though I was not that politically like he was, I love the fuck you aspect of everything DK ever was. Yeah. GBH, I've marked out since the first, but I heard Charge GBH first. Uh-huh. Minor Threat, I still think um, Out of State out of step EPs, the best thing they ever put out. Yeah. So it's so hard for me to get in with the first, you know, original shit. Yeah. That being said, I'll tell you what, AF, when it finally clicked, how good them songs are, like Blind yeah. Justice. When I hear power and that drum beat, power. Oh, so dope. Dude, I really just want to run around in a pit like the fucking, uh, remember, uh, uh, remember WWF? Yeah. Remember the Australian dudes? The Australian dudes, nah. Remember the Australian oh, the bushwhackers? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want a bushwhacker in the pit. <laughs> yeah. I literally want a yeah. bushwhacker. Power! The Underjungle Band! This is literally like, that's the, like, and like, when he, they did In Time at the Fest in 2014. With yeah, With Time. When they jumped on. I love that song. I when love that, that. When they did, I looked at Joe McHenry, who was on the side of the stage, cross-eyed drunk, yeah. and he's like, they're doing the song. Yeah. And I'm like, they're doing the song. <laughs> like, it made I me so happy. That. So the idea they're doing all these songs. With the bass line underneath. Dude, that's the thing is, that's sick. That Oh, everything about that fucking time for them. I know, man. AF is so dope. But and to so, me, one voice is the bomb. Listen. That's, that's This the is key. the conundrum. Yeah. Victim of Pain can't be the best New York hardcore record because the Eliminator's not on it. And I And Anthem's not on I it. I cannot yeah. stand still during the Eliminator. Yeah. It is if if I ever do a jujitsu match where I get to come out the music, it's between that and a song I'm not gonna tell you is about. Yeah. <laughs> That'll yeah. be my top literally, because I think of the I think of the beginning of Eliminator really? and I go, This is literally put me in rage and at a hundred. You can't sleep on a new stuff. Like Bro. a song like Addiction. We toured Sick. we we toured with the Warriors Tour Edition pre-release with tour manager Marcus Schumpf oh, Schlumpf. of MAD. Schlumpf is the coolest. And he's like, come on, we'll listen to the new Agnostic Front. I have the new Agnostic Front, yes. <laughs> and it was literally the song we listened to for 20 days. The record we listened to for 20 yeah. days. I know every one of them songs perfectly. Addiction, Addiction Dead to Me, Addiction Get Out of Here. fucking hard. Dude, them double bass, all yeah. that, you know, like. Dude. And that the was drum Gallo rolls on that, that, right? The Gallo's brother. Dude, yeah, it's Gallo's brother. Dude, the drum rolls in that. Yeah. Oh my god! No, great, like, man. And actually, like Craig put a lot into the last that last record. My, I think it was uh, my life, my way, or the one after that. Oh, oh, I th- Silverman. Yeah. Was he on that last one? I thought he was on the last on one, with, one with, the, with the Fred Perry. I thought he was one with the maybe Fred he Perry. Is, maybe he is. I don't know. I love that. That comes on my Spotify, Yo, and, I, and I go and I go stuff. from. If sometimes on Spotify, I get to skip. If I like it, I go to album and I'll hit random on the album. So let me just listen to the whole record. Yeah. So that been coming up a lot on my drives, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. I'm getting so excited for AF. That's to, uh, to me, to, to Chris, that's the gods, you know, Agnostic Front. It it that's takes so much to understand. When, when kids don't like it or disrespect, well, gotta, I, I get part into of kill it. it mode. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm, I, I've, I have had to come to some Buddha peace with the ageism that mm-hmm. is hardcore. 
it is hard for the children of today yeah, to look at grown men I get it. Yeah. and say, this is my peer. Yeah. And so what they do is they kill the idea that these guys are important by never giving them a real chance. Yeah. And my theory is in five or 10 years, I hope it's 20 before AF is done playing. Yeah. But when a lot of these older bands that are active now stop playing is when these kids are going to jump to it. Sure. And they're yeah, going to say, gonna oh my it. God, yeah, and they're going to get it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if they stick say, around, they're going to definitely. And that's the thing is, is like, I grew up with a lot of respect. Cause my, but I, like, you know, like, I was looking at Iron Maiden and be like, this is the fucking coolest yeah, band. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. I went to shows and I didn't say, these are my peers. I'd look well, at that's, them as Well, that's the difference is hardcore is always a peer-related exactly. thing. The people on the stage are the kids in the crowd exactly. and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. And I think to some degree, that's why the it's younger kids yeah. can't, fully get like it's weird what they jump to and what they jump away from well it's before that i remember like when we say with af when i seen live at cbg's gb's anthem and i'm sitting there watching headbangers ball and before that i'm listening to the same thing thrash metal bands hair bands classic rock bands and all of a sudden that comes on and that was me and rez and we looked at each other and said we want to be in a band like this yeah where the yeah. audience the, is going fucking crazy what's the first song did you ever stage die for live First stage, I have, a, I have a, I don't even fucking remember. Chris is very safe. He might have never stage dive. No, I, I did. I did. <laughs> back man. in the day. Back in the day, like at, at CC's, actually, it would have been what that would have staged that was. Do you know what I'm saying? Trocadero, Testament, Over the Wall. Really? That was mine. Did? Yeah. Wow. Had to. Really? Get over the wall. And that yeah. was it. Oh, yes, Chuck go. Billy, I'm going over the nice. wall. Like I had to. Yeah. <laughs> Worst stage dive ever. <laughs> yo, yo, with Chris. Chris became cool to me when I first met him, and he told me his band opened for Agnostic Front. <sighs> and ran up in Jersey. What band? It was a band called uh, Medicamentus. So here's the thing: is do you know that that was this is the time before GPS? Every time we've ever gone to Obsessions, we would get lost. I got lost and every ask, time I went there. Yeah. We would ask and get directions, and I've been to Obsessions about five times Randolph, back then. New Jersey. No matter Randolph, who drove, whether it was Gut Punch Bob, Dean from New Jersey. Now you're getting lost it, the fucking back road somewhere. You could never find the motherfucker. Yeah. So when everyone's like, Randolph, New Jersey, you had an equal time of not going to the show and yeah. just going home. Like, yeah. I can't find it this time. Yeah. That, I almost that, thought they moved it. They Randolph moved was it. a roll of the dice. Yo, it was rough. It was like, you just you didn't think you were approaching anything. Yeah. Getting there, like, I'm fucking lost in the there. middle of nowhere. I don't, I, let's just go home. <laughs> You and know. it's so crazy so many shows went there because yeah. of that shot it was. Bigger shows, too. Uh, well, that's all because City Who Garden. Who else was on that show? Oh, my God. Was it like Obituary? Yeah. Obituary, yeah. That's, they always that had them. Yeah. yeah. It was like uh, it was like that tour. It was like that's, another. I, I don't remember this offhand When now, he told me that, I was like, yo, I, got, I thought this I got, dude was a nerd. Nah, I got lucky right. that that kind of stuff. AF didn't go to Cell Block, but like Obituary, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse went to the Cell Block. Yes. We got lucky to see that, you know, like, and then when the Cell Block went away, we got to see them at the truck, got to see, like. I, I lucked out, with it, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just like. And here you go, full circle, AF. On, yeah. this is hardcore, headlining, it's no, not awesome. headlining. Playing, playing Saturday. Saturday. Playing Saturday. It's I can't them. Wait. That's my highest. That's them I'm most excited Keith about. Morris and all them guys doing off. Off, that's crazy. How are you getting reaction with that? Kids seem to dig or excitement? I think that people who are into the band are really excited. I think a lot of younger kids is not on their radar. Yeah. Okay. But my goal is that hopefully this gets us circle jerks because I love them. Wow. That'd be and sick. I haven't seen them wow. since they played the TLA. And then, so that's who else? Who's headlining Saturday? Saves the day. Saves the day. That's right. Yo, that's a, that, think of that. 
Agnostic Front off saves the day. That's a fucking crazy show. That's like that, this, that won't happen this anywhere else on planet Earth that I could foresee. There's a group of jerk offs called Wisdom and Chance playing right before I Right, well, you know, hey, man. It's yeah, thing, you know, what are you going to do with those guys? It's their 13th out of 14 fests. This is number Dude, 13. Yeah. Well, I, we love playing it. Even though I always have a problem with my wireless, but I got new wireless this year. Yeah, my, my wireless shit the bed, too. I heard you're going to come down off the stage, like boomed off by Jerry. He's going to be on the wire, <laughs> like an Alice Cooper set. I talked to that guy. He Incredible. said it was a bad idea. Bad what idea. was that guy? Jerry Market. Yeah, he, he <laughs> said, Jerry Market. Looking at the size of you and the, the belly, it's probably a bad idea. But no, nah, that'd be sick, yo, if I came down like that. See, I wanted to do stuff like that, but my band holds me back. You know, they want to be like, know. oh, we're just working class dudes. Fuck that. I want to come out in a cape. Yeah. Oh. You gotta do it, Richie. Wait, yo, that's sick. Agnostic front off saves, saves the day. That's crazy. Like just those three. If that would imagine just that's a three band show. That'd be like, I'd be like, what? That's, that's what we were nuts. talking about. When we were billing it. I'm like, this is gonna end up being so outrageous. Yeah. Who would you say? Maybe you're not allowed to say it because you're almost like a daddy figure for this fest. But who are you looking most forward to see? Every day there's a band. Like, see, that's the thing is, I really do have a touch. Like every band, the bill. Totally, yeah. No, you always. I see you Dude, because checking out everybody, but you're also a fan. So see, you there know, must like, be somebody that. So you're there, like, there's always this thing. Like every once in a while, there's a band that comes around that someone said, "Hey, can you throw them on?" Here's the reason why, and I check into. It, I go, "Wow, mm. I'm off on this band." Bob Wilson, great voice. And hey, Joe, have you thought about having these guys play? Um, I just saw Magnitude in Philadelphia at one of Bob's shows. They're from South Carolina, Whew. and they're billed earlier on the Saturday. They might take the motherfucker. That they, that was set was insane. Like every day, every day there's a band. Like Friday night, for instance, Dead Before Dishonor has a record that will actually be, if the young kids get fully behind it, like yeah. the satisfaction of today. It's hard as fuck. It's exactly what the young kids want to hear from these guys. And then All and War. Like, and nah. if you heard the new All Out War songs, that's a bit another band to me. That all, just does and that's wrong. the thing is like, but then you have. Jesus Peace, Harm's Way. Jesus Peace of Philly? Yeah. That's Jesus Peace of Philly, Harm's Way. You got the 100 Demons doing Bruce LePage set. Yo, I see a lot of excitement off that. Well, because you got to think about it. And, and you know, I, honestly, full, I don't, for some reason, I just don't know much about here's 100 the, Demons. Here's the gimmick is, he was in the band. He wasn't in the band. Pete's in the band. There was one time we did at the Philly Funk Live, Bruce Demons. But for the majority of the younger kids who are going to the Zarkor the most, they've seen the Pete Hunter Demons. Mm -hmm. And with the auspice of their 20 years of the In the Eyes of the Lord record, this is the original. All the dudes who own that record are playing. Yeah. And it's something special for that band. And because they've been a part of so many Philly shows and of so many um, This is Hardcores that it was kind of like, wow, this is the move to make. And then Pete was like, yo, this would be sick for them guys to do with Bruce, you know? Yeah. And, and it's going to be fucking nuts. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And then Code Orange. Code, Code Orange. Orange. Pennsylvania Pride. Just And you know what? They yo, how about a band we were talking about earlier that's that's in, in this uh, on set on Friday from Florida? <sighs> Blood Bather. Blood Bather. That's the one we were telling See, you about, Chris. Oh, yeah. So here's the gimmick. If you look at this. This band, you got me to listen to this band, and I liked it. And it's freaky and weird and dirty. That's thing is like, Mars, so like <laughs> here's the craziest thing. Like we said all these bands. It's like something Stefan from Kickback. The quiet like. the quiet what the fuck that we're not ready for, or you guys may not be onto it is uh -huh. Inclination. Oh uh, yeah, you told me about them. I checked them Midwest out. Midwest yeah. Straight Edge band. Yeah. Some Are of they the dudes guys from Freedom? Some of the dudes from Knock Loose. Oh and Tyler Short has been in a ton of bands from the Midwest. They played a show at the Fire in Philly. 
mm-hmm. and it was so fucking packed. It was insane. And I was kind of like, oh, they just got a band camp. How the fuck are they? Mm-hmm. Incredible. They have this release out that it, it's, it's dynamic. And it's so early on in the year, but it's still going to be in one of the albums of the year. Wow. And they could they could get on and make it so hard for all the bands we just talked about to mm-hmm. even follow. Wow. That's what's crazy. What day are they playing? Friday? Friday. Wow. Payback is from Philly. You yeah. know Keith Gallagher, the shirtless mosher that moshes in everything in Pennsylvania? Straight Edge Band. Straight Edge Band. Yeah. Plus uh, Carter, Frunel, who lives in the South. We're going to steal him and move to Philly. AC, who was in um, Agitator. You know, they're in Payback. They played some shows. It's been fucking unreal. Face Wreck with AJ. Mm. And then Eternal Sleep from Pittsburgh. That's a fucking heavy day, man. Dude, and then again. Pulverizing and, day. And then Enemy Mind. Enemy Mind. Fast Break Records. Future release on Fast Break rec- Records, Fast Chris. Break in records. case you wonder, you want to purchase that and check it out. Hard. It's it, Enemy like, Mind, Fast Break Records. And you don't mind. Yo, uh, that's a brutal, heavy, pulverizing day. That is it's vicious. just one of them fucking days where you just go... It's not irresponsible, but you just kind of have to kind of crack up to yourself. Yeah. You know? Yo, you mentioned Knock Loose. How about, yes. yo, that band is doing great, man. Yeah. Jeez. Surreal. Would you have expected that a couple years back from them, that if, they would kick in like this? So here's the thing is, is they were great in one side of the hardcore scene. Uh-huh. So if you would have said to me, are they going to be on Warped Tour and all the Warped Tour people are going to like them? I would have said, fucking right they are. The fact, and I, and I refuse, and you know, there's people about there like, well, if it wasn't for me, I'm not saying that at all. I was happy that they played the fest last year. I had a conversation with them post, because they knocked loose play before Shattered Realm mm-hmm. at East Coast Tsunami 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And me and Brian had a talk in the parking lot. I said, listen, I don't book bands who don't want to play my fest. Yeah. If you're not about it, and this is just like, a, oh, I don't know, I got to talk to my manager. And he said to me, look, man, we're hardcore kids from Louisville, Kentucky. You know, we're not, you know, obviously our band doesn't sound like the old school shit, but in our hearts, we're hardcore kids. Uh And the idea that you even want us to play is incredible. And we love to do it. Was it sincere? No bullshit. No emails first. That kid could have said, you know what, dude, we're going to blow up. We don't fucking need you. So they don't need a beat. So they do the fucking, they do the fest and it was outrageous. And earlier that year, they took terror, Jesus, peace, and you're the knife on the tour. Yeah. And it was incredible. So if you ask me, yeah, I think they would have done great no matter what. But the fact that now they're on tour, this time I just announced the show. It's Knock Loose, Riding Out, and Candy at mm-hmm. the TLA in November. They are staying metal in their one world. Hard, like they're staying on both paths. Yeah. Give it up to them. Yeah. They don't need to. I dig it tomorrow and say, hey, you know what, guys? Thank you for this hardcore. We're moving on to bigger paces. Yeah. They're staying with it. You got to give them love and respect. No, they're work. working hard, those dudes. And when they're not doing, they're, Isaac, who's in both, is playing the Friday show, and then they're playing Saturday in Montreal. Wow. Indiana, Philadelphia. I mean, they're hustlers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're it's going to be fucking touring sick. like crazy Dude, to work hard. It's insane. And I mean, are they? They're they're for the underground. Mm-hmm. I hate. It's not even underground anymore. But for this smaller portion of the heavier music scene in North America. They're probably the band everyone's eyes are on after the Code Oranges. It's like really them and Code Orange uh, and some of that moshier shit that I don't follow. Like, I don't know the I don't know if Attila, don't make fun of me on the internet. If one of them Attila bands are in okay, that same. Yeah, I know the names, but I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't, you know, like, I can't tell you if every time I die is bigger or smaller, you know, like, yeah. but of that newer, younger, heavy How about crop. Vane? Vane is on that. Vane's path. on the flying up. Right, Vane yeah. is flying up. We don't have them this year because they're on a fucking tour. Yeah. 
But, you know, again, here's another band. Just played a couple shows, made a couple moves, yeah. did, a, did the right thing. Smart, fucking sick. Smart fucking bands. These fucking kids. They're doing great. But, again, tomorrow, if Vane could play the fest, they went on tour, they do it in 10 seconds. And you got to give them love. Same thing with Code. Code was like, hey, we don't have a new record. I'm like, hey, man, we really need a fucking headliner. Our headliner backed out. They got offered a better tour. And they did the right thing. And they said, there's no way we're going to leave you high and dry. We'll make it happen. That's right. I got so much love for them guys. And they literally at the point where this arc was probably a bad look for them at the time. Because like, oh, we did too much on our record. We need to wait. And, you know. They're doing it anyways. Just to just do the doing right it thing. They did the right thing. Respect, yeah, the, right thing. respect yeah, the, the Code right Orange. Thing. Now, check this out. Something happened a couple days ago. A release from a legendary band, Cro-Mags. Did you guys hear this? I didn't Chris? hear this. I only listened to I Cro-Mags. Heard I only listened to Cro-Mags with John Josephs and Mackie involved. Mm. Well, I did the mistake and I listened to this one. And I'm actually lying. I listened to it three times on the way up here just to talk about it, and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry, Yo, John. What the fuck? It is what it if is. If you're into Cro-Mags. Yo, big ups to Arthur from War Hungry, Pennsylvania, still yeah. touching, yeah. being involved in it. He was, I do why? think what did he do? he's the dude behind it. He recorded it, engineered it. He was the dude. That's only, I mean. Oh, was it recorded in PA? I don't think it was recorded in PA, but he, because he did, he did the Sepultura's uh, cons uh, Cavalera Conspiracy. Okay. He did Power Trip. They put Arthur Yo, Whitney. You use your friend? Yeah, he's a good dude. Could you give me a discount rate, Wisdom and Chains? Come on. He's got a lot of hair. To he's got a lot of hair. He's got a lot of hair product to deal we with. We need that fucking kind of hair dude with Chris in the band. Yeah. Check this out. <laughs> that new Cro-Mags. If you're in the Cro-Mags. Where's the you trunks? have a name to protect. He don't. To put out some whack shit like that is insane. I would have said, yo, guys, I know none of you were ever in this band before. I'm the original bass player, the first skinhead in New York City. I wrote everything. This has got to be perfect. It, Someone it, says that the first New York skinheads were actually from Staten Island. The first New York skinhead I, I remember is Chris Mavermatis. I heard that there were some skinheads in Staten Island that predated Harley. Well, you know what? You ever see the movies, uh, what's that called with the... Uh, the, uh, I seen the toxic. I seen uh, the Toxic Avenger movie, or uh, no? What was the other Avenger? Um, Leave the Night kid the alone. Dead, you know that, that movie? In the cemetery. No, what's, <laughs> what's that movie? Leave the kid alone. Yeah, about the Bronx Never and the it. Wanderers. Oh, the Wanderers. Yeah, remember the skinhead gang oh. and that? Yeah, that was the first skinhead. The, the, the big fat one. The Turnbull ACs yeah. was the hardest gang ever in a New York movie. Yeah, <laughs> Turnbull AC. You got a bunch of wild and that's a band. Puerto Rican. No, they're called Turbo. They they didn't oh. know it was Turnbull. So they call themselves Turbo ACs. Wow. Okay. Even in the it is Turnbull, they yeah. the Turbo ACs. But you want to talk about a skinhead gang running around a yellow school bus where they're gonna fuck you up? Yellow school bus is Yo. sick. And Hanging you know they didn't with pay bats. for it. Yeah, with bats. <laughs> oh my what god. What a fucking good Hardest good shit. Ever. What a fucking what a fucking yeah. what a fucking thing. But yo, I was real bummed listen, out. That was if such you're a crap if you're a, listen, you know when people fight with Coke, Pepsi, whatever, some people are gonna trash each side. What I'm going to say about Harley is, if he didn't have a microphone, mm. I could give him a little bit more credit. I fucking hated his voice besides his guest vocals on Stegmata. Mm. That's the end of it. For me, the guy, I played a show, one of the quote-unquote last CBGB shows, Shattered Realm, build under Most Precious Blood. Uh, it was also cool because I wanted to play with Iron Cross. Say I got to play with Iron Cross. Oh, fucking cool, yeah. skin and Yeah, at CBGB. He's like, cool. I didn't, like, Harley's War, cool. But yeah. like it was like Harley's War, Iron Cross, Most Precious Blood, Shattered Realm, Death Before Dishonor. Dope show. One of the Queens bands. I don't. I. I don't want to disrespect anybody by forgetting. I'm sorry. Yeah. We got there late. I think. I fuck. It. I. I just don't want to say the wrong name. I'm sorry, guys. 
So we get there, we play. We're like, oh, it's cool. We finally got to do CBGBs. I've been there when Desuaria played a couple times. Uh-huh. Carl the Mosher from Iceman, RIP, was also in Dynamo. He brought Desuaria up a couple times. It's the closest I ever came because I had to sing one of the, the backup parts. Yeah. Clo- so playing CBGBs was cool. Most Precious Blood never showed up to play. I guess Harley never really had them on the bill. Wow. The show was not really promoted. And uh, he was on stage sh- shit talking. Hey, if you bands are realizing why you're not getting paid, blame blah, blah, blah for sneaking the fuck in. And he ran his mouth. Yeah. And we were like, oh, that's really a weird thing to say. At the end of the night, we went up to get paid. He's like, hey, show didn't do too well. Now as a promoter, I could fucking tell the show didn't do too well. Yeah. But. I got this great deal for you. He hands me five DVDs and a bunch of Chromax shirts. As a fan of the Chromax, I'm in. <laughs> you yeah. got me. <laughs> five DVDs, a shirt, yeah. I'm fucking set. Yeah. I didn't care. We drove up as friends. Yeah. I'm not trying to get paid for this. It was just cool to play CBGBs. Yeah. He did it to everybody in the band. I thought it was kind of funny. Like, he has to play, pays us in bootleg German merch, but whatever. That same day, uh, we all go to uh, Lower East Side to go eat. We're sitting at one of these restaurants right near the uh, park. John Joseph runs by with this fucking stack of styrofoam food. He sees us. A Joe motherfucker runs in. Don't be eating none of that shit, motherfucker. Come eat with me. So we sit out <laughs> in the park until 1.30 in the morning eating this fucking vegan food. He made you eat that vegan food he gives the homeless yeah. people. Yeah. So we're all sitting there eating it. And he's just telling stories. Every person walking by. Hey, yo, motherfucker. You remember this? Oh, yo, what's up? And it was like literally so yeah. you deal with one. He should run for mayor down there, right? Dude, you literally went one one crow mag who's a little shady, kind of a dick. And the other guy who's telling you, don't spend money. I've got food for you and entertains you. For-. So it's like yeah. there's always been that like weird interpersonal where yeah. I've always been I'm always team JJ 100% on top of it when they first started her had their clash I had done uh, a couple shows with them as fearless vampire killers I actually booked the first of three of the Cro-Mags shows in December of 2008 Wisdom mm. played it Death mm-hmm. Red played it and it was the church Philly, it was Philly Broad Street Ministry I helped Josh Hines get in touch with JJ and Josh Hines did the Massachusetts show and the third show was at Knitting Factory so to me, it's a little f- kind of fucking quasi surreal that this is hardcore. 2019 is the last time JJ's legally doing Chromags without yeah. the JM behind it. So in 11 years, I booked the first and last Chromags show, and that's Sunday, right? Chromags. Oh, you hear Don't that? Forget explosion? about it. Forget about Chromags it. Gorilla Biscuits. Stop, 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 stop. Go back, back, back. What? Breakdown. Yeah. Chromax Gorilla Biscuits. That's a serious. Listen, show. you you gonna put Code Orange and all them hard bands on? Yeah. Dope. You're gonna put Saves Today off and AF uh-huh. and all the crazy bands like that. Dope. Let's end it on the, the like literally like a trifecta. Yeah. You got the fucking Queens Brooklyn fucking breakdown. You got the error of fucking Chromax, and then you got yeah. Gorilla Biscuits. And the cool thing yeah. is when you tell those three bands they're playing with each other. They're not like, fuck that. They're like, this could be awesome. Like, it's yeah. sick. And that's one of the things with this hardcore that I, I'm able to do is put them three bands on a bill. Yeah. Because you don't see that that much. You don't see. No. And like, I grew up worshiping flyers. I someone have bootleg flyers. I keep them. I, had a, I still have a 25 to life wall on cardboard glued yeah. in my garage. I won't put up because how much I hate Rick. That crazy fool put out some but I, mad flyers. Like, but I have like old Youth Defense League, Warzone flyers, yeah. business flyers. Like I can see. I you probably saved, saved everything, don't you? I, saved, I gave away so much stuff in the last yeah. couple of years. I have two, have two box of flyers. I gave. I, I, I love. When you have these young heads come by, they must have their minds I used, are I used to blown. give them away all the time. I give everything away. I don't want to make no money. I'm on an eBay, dude. Yeah. But to see Chromags Breakdown or Chromags uh, Chromags Breakdown, Breakdown and GB. Yeah. I just feel like I'm still keeping it 
hardcore. Like in the sense of like, if you have yeah. to walk away, no, it's like a pe- a, cloud, a palate cleansing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's a palate cleansing. Like, here it is. This is the last. Yeah. I fucking love it. I love it. And then what you don't have booked right now, but maybe by the time this comes out, you're doing a Thursday. I'm doing a Thursday. See, I didn't know you were doing a Thursday this No one year. did. But we're doing it. We're doing Any it. hints? All I found from the Philadelphia hardcore scene will be playing. Okay. That's about the best I can tell you besides a South American band called Nueva Etica. Will it be at the same place? or No, Underground Arts. Thursday is Underground Arts. And Friday is a dance night. Friday dance night? Really? Oh, we're getting down and partying. You mean after show? After show is an after show dance party. Where at? Underground Arts. Dope. We're going to have a little I love 80s, underground arts. little 80s, little 90s hip hop, yeah. little goth. Yeah. Well, I know? love goth. Yeah. No no moshing. No one can mosh an, a fucking move, an arm, a leg after that Friday night. Yeah. We know it. Yeah. So putting anything else is going to be crazy. Uh-huh. So we're going straight dance party. Come out. We'll be up till 2 o'clock in the morning at Underground Arts. And then Saturday and Sunday, we got two more after shows. Will they be at Underground Arts too? Or Everything's at Underground Arts. Any hints of uh, what might be going I can't, on? can't get all into it yet. Hmm. You don't get dessert till you finish the meal, Richie. Didn't your mama tell you that? <laughs> Would Shadowrealm play one of those? Shadowrealm will not be playing this hardcore until maybe 2020, but I think actually, I don't want to put my foot in my own mouth, but Punishment's 20 years of is mm. two, it was 2000. Punishment may be on a billing. I don't okay. think the main gimmick. There was talk of Freight Train at, wow. at, at after show Thursday or the pre-show Thursday. Yeah. But you know, Diego, dude loves the shore. Slave, he loves the shore. He's and Joe Harcourt, he has nice the bass since 2001. So I got to get on the bass. Picture Joe on the bass. Picture Joe on the bass, right? Dun, dun, nice. Dun, 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 dun. I, I so can see that. Gonna, I would love to see Freight Train play, but I don't know if we're going to do it. Chris, I just saw Shadow Rum and Altoona. Yeah. Hard as fuck. Thank you. And Joe's voice before Joe's like, I'm gonna sing a little different tonight. And he started seeing <laughs> yeah, really, the face, the place was vibrating. It was that's like awesome. Man. The dopest thing is is so the light was spinning in the back, so it was hitting the cymbal. So I like looking at the drummer to find time. Yeah. Like sometimes I can't hear time off the guitar, so I look for the drummer for certain hits and times. Right on. Every time I see the cymbal, I can't see. So then I'm turning around and there's only there's only light in the very front. I thought no one was watching us. So the first three songs, you motherfuckers don't move up, we're not playing. He was being a baby. He was being a baby. (laughs) I thought no one was watching us. And then Tony goes, Yo, the whole place is going nuts. What are you talking about? I'm like, I can't see shit after the first five feet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are you gonna do? But what I did was was I planted my feet I planted my feet hard. I said, I wanna hear if I can make my voice strong. And like, like, cause I, sometimes I get excited. Right. I'm like I'm gonna keep control, and I went harder than I usually have, and I had to blast doing it. And mm. brick by brick was the shit. It was a lot of fun. And I was like, yeah. fucking Altoona, like almost 300 mile drive. Why did I say yes? Like I was yeah. so nervous. Like it's no one's gonna location, care. Man. We're playing after Enemy Mind, after Year of the Knife, after Sworn Enemy, after yeah. Straight for Reason. Like all the ass kickers of the night. I'm like, why are we playing this late? No one's gonna give a fuck. And it was a great set. That's well, awesome, man. For us to play, like we felt vibe. You felt the vibe was nice. Yo, Altoona is a weird location. Punishment played there in 2000 and 2001 and 2002, and we hadn't been there since. So when I said yeah. I was like, ah, you know, and my dumb, like, because I, I used to travel every weekend for so many fucking years. Yeah. I thought Altoona was like an hour and a half west oh, of yeah. Stroudsburg. I'm like, yeah. ah, it's like a little bit past Stroudsburg. And yeah. I'm like, oof, yeah. That's I'm like, wait, what did I, and then Tony's like, yo, how are we all getting there? I'm like, ah, me, 
with anything logistics, I go, I don't care except for this is hardcore. I'm like, I'll figure it out when I have to. And I'm like, wow, we really uh, going to drive this far, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a high. There's man. no direct route. It's a pain in the ass. It was fun. Did you go to Super Sheets? I went to Super Sheets twice that night. Pretty cool, right? Super Sheets. Once when we first left, and once when we came back to pick up our friend's bag that we left at the venue. Oh, yeah. Man. So I got espresso, both shots. Good. First time I got the chocolate gimmick, it was like a uh, mocha. The second time I got this uh, Cinnabon. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. Yo, and I bought Juicy Joel this bullshit uh, moonshine. And Did he like sipped it? one. He's like, man, this is like some girl's drink. This ain't no damn moonshine. <laughs> this is, That's funny. He's like, this is only like 14% alcohol. This ain't no shit. Juicy goes to do Duke's Literally has sitting in my fridge still. My wife's like, ah, oh, this is even strong. I'm like, what am I fuck am I going to do with a fake yeah. moonshine in my fucking fridge? <laughs> moonshine. You know what I tried on the way home? What's that? Moonshine? A cake batter from Sheets. <laughs> nah, no more. The cake batter drink. No more. Can't do it. What do you mean? What are you, Mr. Fitness I haven't had now? a donut since August. haven't had a tasty cake since June. Chris, you didn't even say anything how fit this guy is. I know, man. Lost Looking a lot good, of weight. Yo. Do you know how much weight you lost? 60 pounds. God Fuck. damn. As of right good now. for you, man. I, I, was I would have said, like, I didn't know you lost 60 pounds. That's I, nuts. If we want to get, I, my mental health was not in a good spot for about three or four years. Mm -hmm. I, like, to be honest with you, like, I kind of, like, shift my life. 2014, I had a mental breakdown and tried to kill myself. Ooh. And then I had another moment of, like, really crazy weakness. I didn't kill myself. I have friends like Richie and a lot of people who, like, stayed on the phone with me. And although, like, I pushed and persevered through and, like, act, made tons of activities, I didn't clean my head out all the way. And I got, I got, eventually got married, you know, like, everything in my life should have been good. But what I did was compartmentalize and shove the fucking crazy depression down. And once I got stuck on this job where I was there for, like, 10 hours a day, I was getting eaten up by the drives. And then, like, I'm an emotional eater. Richie, how many times I'd be on the phone? I drive through him. Yeah. Eight I out of ten eat. times. I eat, He's going through I a drive-thru. I'm eating my fucking... Hold on a second. I'll have the... And I'm yeah, like, oh, I'm motherfucker, going through a drive-thru again? Yeah, I'm, eat, <laughs> I'm eating my fucking emotions. I'm, I'm, I'm isolating myself from the world. And it, it, it would have... I like... Uh, I had so much... It's so crazy with the health shit going on. A friend of ours from the SA world passed away with a pulmonary embolism. He was trying oh, to work out. He was a heavy shit, set man. guy. But like, I, 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 I honestly, because of jujitsu, I, I got my shit in order enough to not be 267 pounds now i'm down the the other day i was 204 i weighed myself this morning i was 208 wow oh, that's great that's but enough. i mean at my height i was in the two 267 269 like holy mackerel i never wow, even knew that. Man. i always wore baggy clothes i was a stick figure yeah i was never a heavy kid i was tall but i was never heavy so I used to wear big clothes like Scarecrow. Like, I'm a big motherfucker. <laughs> so oh. I'm fucking all skin and bones. So no one ever really knew I was like a fucking chicken chest motherfucker. But as I got older, I'm like, oh, man, you're filling out. You're looking big. I'm like, they don't realize it's all fat and Scarecrow arms. Mm. So like this has been a revolutionary like in my brain too, you know, which is back to this hardcore going crazy. No, man, like I, I'm like actually more cognizant of my own emotions and more controlled with my emotions than I probably have ever been in my entire life. So you do jujitsu now? Yes. Are you going to turn into a weed head? Never. Because all those motherfuckers are weed heads. December 4th, 1999. Does Jared do that? Is the beginning of my true path to straight edge. This year will when? be tw December 4th, 1999. So this year will be 20 years of straight edge. Wow. Wow, man. 20 years. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, we sipped a little 40s. We drank a little bunch of beers when we were fucking 13, 14. When I found hardcore, every, every kid in hardcore X'd up. Mm -hmm. So we were following the pack. We then start smoking and drinking weed. I, was, I never smoked cigarettes. I smoked a bunch of weed and drank for like a year. 
And Carmen, the dude I was living with, he mm. killed himself. Mm. And I was like, all right, I'm done. This is crazy. And I'm talking about this is like my ace through having the kid, moving out of my mom's house, living in the apartment. He shared every pain. That we, and we actually got into a fight in my mom's house, physically fist fight. He bit my stomach. My mom punched him. It was fucking hilarious. He bit your stomach? Bit my stomach. That's we, hard. Was going, we were going real. I didn't know jujitsu. That's a hard so move. So he was getting on top of me. Stomach Now in jujitsu, I would have triangled him. No yeah, problem. Yeah. Then I didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, but that was really like a true friend, brother. And um, he killed himself. And I knew then in my head, like, I don't ever want to do this. Like, I was slipping into depression. Here I am. I scored a 13-7-5 on my SAT. Got told, you're going to be a dad. Quit school. Got a GED. Was working on a bowling alley. Became a fucking cabinet maker. Like my fucking dad, who I didn't really like. And just kind of always just like start getting lower and lower. And then my kid comes. The mom breaks up with me. I'm like, I changed my whole fucking life or nothing. With like literally a year and a half of like bad behavior. I got in a fifth fight with my mom in 98. Was homeless. Got the chance to make up with her. Like I had a fucking bad year and a half. And then kind of like squared up. In the last 20 years, because of straight edge, has saved me from... You know, I like emotionally, even being straight edge, you can get low, you can get depressed. I mean, yeah, I was sure. suicidal five years ago. It's hard, but like I, I could say, like jujitsu keeps me healthy. I don't need to be doing no weed. I, I read a lot about CBD oil, but I take krill oil, which has a lot of like um, joint things. Uh, I got this joint warfare product from Jocko. It's a Origin Labs thing. I'm hoping that's going to work because I get some pains in my elbows from trailing concrete. But mm. I cannot see myself until maybe I'm 50, 55, putting a little vino in the sauce, you know, a little <laughs> little vino for the sauce, a <laughs> little vino for Joski, you know. Hey. You could cook with it. Yeah, it burns it all out. Yeah, it burns it out. You know? But you don't deny that there's a relationship with the weed smoking and the jiu-jitsu. It seems like it's in a- In my school, I, never, I know two people now who are both friends. One, Scott Smith. Who's a tattooer in Old City Tattoos? Mm-hmm. He's a blue belt. Just stopped smoking after 30 years. Paul Sharkey, who's a barber, who just started going, he's a white belt. He's going to quit smoking. And our boy Goaty from Gloods Off took his first class last week. He's now saying he's going to quit smoking. I don't understand. Smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. Right. I can't see how you could. I can't see how you could smoke a lot of weed. Cardio. I don't understand it because I'm. Not, yeah. I don't know. But like, I would imagine it would fuck your cardio. Does Jared up. do that stuff? I don't think so. Jerry, you better not. Maybe he does a CBD oil gimmick. Oh, see, he's a drug addict. I think he sips a little. I think he sips on the beers. You know, he does a CBD. I I, I don't know. It's, yeah. Does it work? Nah, it uh, work. I was having, I got like tendonitis. Yeah. And uh, I was taking like a leaves and it was fucking my stomach up pretty pretty bad, man. Like I was I was like living on those fucking things. For, so like, when months. you say fucking them up, can you get more graphic? Uh, well, it was because I take a leave. It was giving on me Thursday also, mornings and Fridays. I have to take them because my bones are so stiff. Yeah, it was same thing. I, I couldn't. That's why you know you could say I wear the uh, the thick tendonitis. Yeah. I couldn't even open a you know toothpaste or anything. Yeah, because your hand claws up. Yes, and uh, it was fucked my stomach up to the point. It was giving me an ulcer. It destroyed my stomach. A leave was a leave. I just take wow. it over. That's why you got to leave that shit alone. <laughs> and uh, I, I start taking a uh, CBD. And I haven't touched a fucking leave. Does in it make you two high? Years. No, there's no Bro, THC. Don't I don't. I don't know nothing. Going no, uh, no THC. Bro, if I take if I take Nyquil, I'm out cold for ten hours. You a know hard what, ten hours. I can't take Nyquil. It's uh, nightmares. Dude, I literally just go out cold. 
I don't even know the dreams I have. They're not lucid. They're just none there. I took, with I the, took uh, like five years ago, and I had such a crazy dream. Never again. with the CBD, man. You take it. I put on. I you know take a, a drop. I'm putting it under your tongue. Ten minutes, you start feeling relief. Or you can take the oil and just rub it in. Here, Stop the I, I, I wouldn't I understand. I wouldn't guy. push it unless it was, bull, it was bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. I could, it. Uh, it definitely helped. That's crazy. We were I talking to a CBD guy about coming and selling shit at the fest. Yeah, and I'm like. He's like, it's not, a, it's not gonna get nobody high, and I'm like, cause I'm, he's like, I know you're straight edge, and I'm like, yeah, it's no THC. I in just it. don't know. It's listen, just the, it's just the. Uh, I, I don't. Want these kids running around with their eyes closed. You know what it is though? It's it's good for anti. If you have an information problem, yeah, it helps with. I that. got bad from the from, from years of traveling and punching, yeah. dumb, mm. and jackhammering concrete. My hands are fucked. What do you call it? carpal tunnel? Is that it? I got carpal tunnel, and I have a hammer pinky, mm. and I have a completely crushed pinky from my bowling alley job. I crushed my finger between two bone balls the oh, second day fuck, I man. was back from my job after having my daughter. I was so jittery, I crushed my <laughs> finger between two bone balls. My you're like a hyper like, dude. That's like hooked like a fucking hockey stick. That's fine. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> if you don't want to take the oil, you get the cream and put it. Because what do you work for these guys? Jeez. I like the idea. Listen, it works, man. Like that's. For me, it worked. Like that's it, what's up? So I, I'll, I'll be an evangelist for it. I, I haven't take that too. You know what's funny no, is. I think so. Uh, I get a lot of shit now from the kids because I told about jujitsu in the same way. Like it, you get into something that touches you and you push it. You yeah. tell all your friends, "I gotta do this. Yeah. You gotta do this. You gotta do this." And you know, um, I understand the evangelism. I understand the Christian values of that kind of stuff now because, like, in my head, I see all my friends in different phases of whether they could be skinnier, whether they could be stronger, or whether they could use the free time that they don't use correctly in a more productive or kinetic way. And it's like the people that get it, get it. And the people that don't like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. Won't stop talking about it. Yeah. So I get it. You're trying to do him a favor. I, I just want the world to be happy. You could lead a fish to the water, but you can't make him swim. Yep. Now check this out. A lot of albums came out this year. Tons. What are the better ones? One Some of your favorite standouts. That are from the fest or in general? In general. If, if it happens to be a fest band playing, it has a new album. Uh Two records that are coming out, Death for Dishonor and Aught War. Inclination's uh, new EP was absolutely outrageous. I got to check that out. And that's just uh, Bandcamp? It's on Bandcamp? Or I they believe got... they have it out. I believe it's a closed casket release. Oh, I, I, I do okay. all my gimmick on Spotify so I can listen to driving. Where's closed casket from? Justin is involved from upstate New York. He was involved with uh, 516 Prince and All In Merch. Oh, okay. Seems like and he's also a in a, the, a band playing called Eyes of the Lord. Right. Longtime supporter. This is hardcore. Good mm-hmm. dude. Been around for quite a bit. Um, I'm just going down through the whole list. Trail of Lies has a record called Fearless. They're playing Saturday. Jesus fucking Christ. Just it's the good. track I heard it. It's They're already one of them bands that are just going to be like that fucking band. Yeah. Kayanashi from Philly has a band, a record. One Step Closer. Mag- almost every band on the Saturday is the Young Guns. Mm. It's like Young Guns and then it's like Hoods, Billy Club, Wisdom, and you have like mixed in, you know? And then uh, obviously this is the first time we have a band called um, from LA called Downpressor. Mm. Never played the fest. They played our Keystone Jam a couple yeah. years ago on the yeah, Friday. I remember that. But they're coming out. They've got a record coming later out in Closed Casket. Like a lot of these bands playing the fest are either due up for a new record or on the, the precipice of release, you know, like a pre- it's going to come out or they're due up. Section 8 from uh, their opening Saturday. They had some demo track. Their new shit is going to make the whole world kill themselves. Yes. Hard. Um, Guillotine just came out with an EP that just blew me away. Um, obviously, we're t- tight with them, guys. No Option from Delaware. Their release comes out. 
They're I see those guys. They, they seem like working hard, those guys, right? Well, they're young kids. Yeah. You know, when you're young and you can go out and just play, the world is yours. We got lucky. We put them on the first on the fest Friday, which is the sacred Philly band spot. And whether they're from Delaware or not, they're a big part of our hardcore scene. And I think I hope that opened doors for them. Yeah. Um, Old Firm Casuals, first time we have them. They have oh, a record coming that's out. Right. They have a record coming out. Max and Bentley has a demo re-released on uh, Reaper. That's another fucking record that people could check out. Regulate's still going hard off their release that came out. I can't believe we have them back. Eyes Lord has a new record, and that's this is the second time we've had them. Where's they from? Bruce LePage from The Hundred Demons. Oh, okay. Taylor yeah. Young from every fucking band in the oh, world. Oh, those guys. All right. Yeah, all right, yeah. Justin from Closed Casket. Yeah. It's the second time playing this hardcore, and it might be their fourth show ever. So they're like from all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a special thing, and that's why it works for them to play this hardcore. Uh, yeah, I think every band on here to some degree has uh, some newer shit. Vatican uh, is a band from California. I don't shit. I might be lying. They might be from like fucking Georgia. Yeah, Vatican's from Georgia. I think they have a new gimmick out. Either you're an old band with a standard, the, the flag, and everyone knows them, or you have a new record out of the old guys, or you're a young band and you either just came out with a record or you're about to come out with a record. Yeah. It's a great feeling. You know, or you're a band like Shackle from New Jersey that is just crushing shit and they just sent me their EP that's not out yet. Good. They kind of need some help on how to get it out, but they're fucking. You love seeing a band where all their friends come out. They're from Howell, New Jersey. Just one of these bands. You're just like, wow. Sad thing, I got to report to everybody into another will not be playing the fest. Oh, I saw some about Health. That. Guy's not doing well. Can't yeah. really release the full details of the health issue. Need to say they are not available to Chris, play. you were a fan of them, right? Into another? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's a shame because people are looking forward to it, but. Yeah. Them's the breaks, kids. Are they going to be replaced in that? No, replaced. It's going to make Save Day play le- le- earlier. Okay. It's a long day. Saturday's yeah. the long one. Let's make it all easier on everybody. Yeah. Good. See, I hate when when a, uh, promoters, a band drops and they act like they have to replace this band no matter what. I'm like, yo, we've done bl- it a couple times. The blessing. Yeah, if it's a, you know. Well, like, like uh, if who the, the hell drops, dropped? Yeah. Uh, Sigmodal didn't play last year. Yeah. So we put Sanction on earlier yeah. and we gained 10 minutes of time. Yeah. You know, like, we do that, but, I mean, there really isn't a replacing it into another. There isn't no. a replacing a sick of it all. Yeah. I learned that years ago. Um, and covering this article, one of the things we should talk about is Ego Strike. Not just the band that they're from fucking Florida, and they just crushed it. Actually headlined one of the nights of FYA, which is sick. That yeah. They played after, I believe they played after Down to Nothing that night, or they played after Terror, one or the other. I'm sorry, Bob. Bob's like, you don't care about my fest. Jeez, but Bob, get over I got a million it. things it's not in a my big head. fucking deal, Bob. <laughs> but uh, Ego Strikes Lennon is a huge uh, impact on a lot of the other scenes. He's a huge part of straight edge hardcore in America. He has plead your case records and he's responsible for bands like Magnitude's first release and um, a band that I talked about earlier, Quick uh, Search for Purpose. They have a turning point record, you know. Um, just sick shit. Like, here's a cool hardcore kid. He was a man called Blister. Now he's on label. And he's always finding these, like, niche areas where, like, where the fuck do you think Charleston, South Carolina, or something like that's going to have a heart? And, like, he just gets these straight edge bands and touches them. And so he puts out all straight edge stuff? Uh, for the most part. Oh. And I, I, he's got a really good touch. And Eco Strike has played before. Blister's played before. So we're happy to have them come back and play. You know, uh, we got Billy Club Sandwich finally playing the fest. BCS. Yeah. It's about oh, nice, time. Nice. He showed up and did his song with Homicidal in Philly. Oh. <sighs> showed up and put sunglasses on, which is always hard. He's another dude every day out working out, yeah. slimming up, changing his life, Martin. Beautiful. Uh, Hoods is on the bill. The Hoods. 
hoods, Sacto hoods. Who's From, singing now? It's, I, it's another guy, but I imagine Mikey's going to have the mic half the time okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said Trail Lies. Queensway is actually kind of mellowed down some. I think they realized they were playing a lot. They did a big tour last year with Harm's Way and Ringworm. Yeah. They kind of slowed up. I think they're on the precipice of either a new release or writing shit. I caught them at the Mosh Against Addiction. They replaced a band called Wisdom and Chains. Oh, shit. Chris uh, had a, a problem. He took a Viagra. It wasn't going away. It was two weeks. He had a boner. Yeah, it's terrible. Prism. We had to terrible. Nah, Joe was sick. Everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, Joe was sick. Uh, Hangman, going to be sl- smashing it. Kayanashi's from Philly. They're in the, what I call, you know, Stranger Things, because it's coming out July 4th. I call the Voltage Lounge and the Philly bands that are associated with the more metal side, like the Knock Loose, Varials. I call that the Upside Down Hardcore. Kayanashi's from that, but the singer Pete Rono has effortlessly stayed there till one or two o'clock, helping out, load out the church, clean up the church. Don't really put effort in. He books his own shows in Westchester. He drives an hour. He takes an hour and a half set to travel to work at uh, Wawa in Wayne, PA, because they'll let him take off for tours. Wow. He's got a record coming out on a Unbeaten Records through our boy Buddy. Mm. And, dude, they're just dynamically crazier than a lot of stuff we put on the fest. Just so much different than what we usually do. But they they just killed it a year of the knife, and I'm so happy they're on the bill. One step closer, I go to see them. It's in one of these Bob Wilson, middle of southwest Philadelphia hood spots. They do turning. And I was listening to the bass tone. I'm like, wow, this band could kill it if they do turning point. And they do. And they do it. And I literally, you see me in the video, jump out, singing, nice. two-step, and I'm yeah. like, this fucking band is the greatest band of all time. And they're touring with the band Anxious, and they're like, yo, can you put our boys on? I checked them out. They're the next band that has that title fight cross between the Saves the Day kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Anxious? Yeah, they're on the tour. They're fucking incredible. They're playing earlier. Um, We have, obviously, we have Shackled from Jersey on the Saturday. Yo, Drain from California is on some metal heavy evil shit. I saw them in a coffee house and I'm such an idiot because you know today it's Twitter and Instagram. That's how you know about bands. Me. I, I hear this band Gulch. I see the videos. Jared, Aaron from uh, Jesus Peace. Yo, bro, you got to get this band on the fest. I'm like, check them out. I'm like, dude, this band, this band you got to see the videos of this band Gulch. Just like a fucking physical representation of a band that all goes the fuck off. Like awesome shit. Yeah. So I'm like talking to them about playing. I go to hang out with them and they're like, hey, do you know about Dre? I'm like, yeah, I just checked you guys out. They're like, well, that's actually our main band. We're in both. And I'm like, oh, dumb, dumb. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, does it make it easy? Can you guys both play? And they're like, yeah, we actually want both to play. Same day. So we got Drain on Friday or we got Drain on Saturday and Gulch on Sunday. Dope. Fucking hard. Uh, running on the Sunday, Bill. Fixation from Philly. Mm-hmm. They've been touring their asses off. Mikey Bafaco is in a million bands. Yet he still just has time to do it. Jared from Brazilian Jiu Jitsu United, black belt, many times over, world champion, world renowned. Former but, podcast guest? No, 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 no. Before that. What? Love Park Skateboarder. Mm-hmm. When shit was not sweet. Mm-hmm. Then he found Jiu Jitsu at the first school on the East Coast, studying under Steve Maxwell in Maxercise when it was the real shit. Like when dudes used to fist fight. Come to on a Saturday and go, hey, I'm going to beat you up because I got videos of Jared whooping that ass at 17, 18 years old. We heard Jared was in jiu-jitsu. We thought he was always crazy because we saw, we're like, oh, shit, he knows jiu-jitsu. <laughs> One time I was talking shit. I'm like, yo, let me see some of that jiu-jitsu come at me. Yeah. 
He basically put me on my ass and gave me a concussion out front of the truck. It's great. But he was in a band with our fallen brother, Max Moya. Yeah. And Justin, who was in uh, Intoxicated and later in a, all the bands with Max up until Eaten Live. And uh, it was called Frontline. It was who we played with Freight Train. And they actually had a CD out. One of the only bands from our friendships in the early, like late 90s, they played the truck with Hatebreed. And then, you know, Jarrett took his life more seriously with jiu-jitsu. Been my friend for almost 25 years now. And he got connected up and started getting really psyched on doing some songs. And, dude, the Blood Choke EP. And he's got Colin from H2O and Travis from Bad Ups and Chuck Treese, McRad. This fucking lineup is uh, yeah. Paul Bartley from Kill Verona, a kid I grew up with who sleep on his mom's couch. That band from Philly is going to be great. Uh, our... Japanese friends, Aggressive Dogs. Do you know anything about this guy band, Chris? Uzi I don't, man. 1985, Aggressive Dogs is where the name came from. Yeah. Now, they're like a fucking metal masterpiece with evil-ass Uzi One in the front. You got to check out a video for oh, them. Oh, shit, I got to check that out. Dude, you hear the old shit, it's definitely like old school punk hardcore. And you hear the last shit, you're just like, and here's this fucking gray-haired, fully tattooed fucking Yakuza-looking motherfucker and like, vocals. Yeah. Like, oh, that's dude, cool, man. total respect, like, and Uzi One, man, like uh, a Japanese hardcore legend playing this hardcore. It's Uzi be One, baby. Uh, obviously, Sp Spine is on Bridge Nine Records. The first time we've ever had a band from Missouri, Kansas City play this hardcore. I fucked up. Bob was hyping them last year. Bob Wilson, you're the man. I go to see him with the fire. Mike Barletti from Please Dice. Like, all these guys are great. And they should listen to everything Mike Barletti says, but I don't sometimes because I'm an idiot. I see them. The mic breaks and everybody's still going off. Mm. They're incredible. I'm finally happy to have Spine play the bill. I talked about Eyes of the Lord. So, John Blake from Unbroken Wings. I think I toured with him more than everybody else, I think. Yeah, him. My, yeah, I think I toured with him more than anybody else because we did a bunch of tours with Unbroken Wings. And he sang on a song we did on the Shadow Realm record. He DMs me a, like a week or two before the fest and goes, we don't really care about money, but Unbroken Wings wants to play the fest. And I'm like, yeah, man, I love to hook my boys up. And, you know, there's a dude I tour with. We've been through a lot of crazy shit together. Where are you from? From Massachusetts. Okay. Just one of them bands at the eulogy time. They were just fucking incredible. And yeah. just great dudes to tour with. All them guys were fun to be with. Really made that weird time where we're getting to fights every night. Just awesome. Yeah. We announced them. Put them in a decent spot on the bill, but I didn't really think too much of it. A lot of excitement over them. Mind blown. Yeah. And like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, if he hadn't hit me up, I never even thought, like, it would have been that yeah. big of a deal. Regulate the band. They are swinging that New York hardcore flag. Yeah. The youngest of the New York hardcore bands, in my opinion. Hangman's from New York as well. Can't diss them enough. I'm not dissing them, they're not being a part, but like, Regulate's really that New York hardcore shit, that fucking raw. Nice. They played Friday night around the time of that rainstorm last year. Okay. It was madness. Yeah. Probably one of the top three sets that night. If wow. not, like, just outrageous that night. Maximum, as we talked about, Overham. And then. There's 20 years of Last Day's Death Threat. Wow. That's been a, that long, Last the Day's? first time they played Philadelphia, June 1998. <laughs> and we paid them $60 and some dust. Ooh. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> hey, get to see my boy Larry Dwyer. Yeah. Haven't seen him in years. 98 and then I'm back on 2019. 21 wow. years ago. That's sick. So this is where the gimmick comes in. Here I am. I wasn't even, I wasn't even, I don't turn, you know, middle of the year is when I change my birthday. My yeah. birthday is July 4th, a couple of days from now. The show was the middle of June, so I was still only 17 when I did the show. 
You were there. Uh-huh. Bad Luck 13's headlining this small, yo, this true or false, Richie, the room, your room we're in is the size of the hall. Yeah, probably. This little old man yeah. selling hot dogs. Yeah. The bill is Clubber Lang, the first time John is singing for Clubber Lang. Jared's band, when they their first show, Jared's now from Guillotine, but they were called Driven By. They were going to be called Driven By Emotion and shaved it to Driven, yeah. and then they eventually changed it because they heard about a Driven, the front line. Supposed to be living proof, but only Peppy and his brother showed up. The rest of the band did not come. Jotham was there in a polo shirt and the crazy uh, hair, yeah. like the guy from uh, Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every nace, every Nana Coke straight edge dude was there. Yeah. Uh, and it was Death Threat's first time out of Connecticut down here. All at war, who Mike Score scalded me on the phone was like, "Look, we're not coming the fuck down there." And we're definitely getting our money. And to me, it wasn't a big deal. But he's like, look, we can't get, I think it was like 150 bucks. We're not getting 150 bucks. We're not coming down. I'm like, don't worry, you're getting your money. Like, holy shit, I'm so psyched on All Out War. Yeah. All Out War goes on in this little hall. Fury of 5J and Stickman start moshing. And the entire room is just like, where can we run? It's basically them dudes running the beginning of that yeah. intro for All Out War with that dun, dun. I remember as soon as that part, you'd see Stickman stomp on a John. Yeah. John. Like, and I remember everybody being like, How are both of them shirtless? Kill it. It was like, yeah. End of the show, ended a little stupid, but Death Threat ended up being like one of the bands. Like, dude, people are like, dude, that Death Threat band was sick. Death Threat is awesome. I heard them because of East Coast Hardcore website and bought the demo cassette, cash, postage paid. That's love that sick. demo. Love that. Remember band. that website? Wow. And so, like to me, full circle to the beginning of me booking shows. Yeah. Here I am putting death and Aaron being like, "Yo, we really want to do it in Philly." And I'm like, "They only did it one other time with Chicago at Rumble so far." Okay. It's special to me. It's a great thing, and it rolls right into breakdown. I mean, even that maximum penalty old firm. Anybody don't know old firm Lars? You know from Rancid. I love old firm. Good song. Case, Good song. Um, Casey. Casey's been in a bunch of bands. No Turtles is like the last yeah. one. They actually played this hardcore. Um, just like, and their new record, like the fucking, just outrageous. Yeah. I tried to get him so many times. Obviously, he's a really busy touring musician. But like Lily, Maximum, Old Firm, Death Threat, that lineup, Breakdown, Chromax. I'm blessed. The real Chromax. The real Chromax. You excited for this or what? Yeah, I mean. Do I'm, you have... Is it always the same level of excitement, or are you somehow more excited sometimes? I don't process excitement the way another human does. So I learned a very valuable skill last year called detachment. Everything I used to realize that I was detached, but the wrong way. I was very aggressive, very over hyper. Everything was angry, sad, all at once. Now mm. it's all at a four or a three, and afterwards I'm like, I really enjoyed this. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't let the highs go bad. I don't let the lows. We'll figure out. We'll factor it. I can't. I, can't, I gotta mark out again. I, I that listening to Extreme Ownership by Jocko and all the rules he says about detaching and prioritize and execute have really taught me how to manage some of my own emotions in it. As far as excitement goes, I'm a voyeur. I love seeing the young kid go fucking wild. I love seeing the old friend who comes up and says to me. Dude, without hardcore in my life, I don't know where I'd be. Or the guy like, hey, I just, you know, we just got divorced. Hardcore's holding me up right now. An old friend, Brian Welsh from New Jersey Hardcore, is an old skinhead, sharp skinhead, 
got in a bad car accident the other day. His wife posted. He's going to live. Wow. He's gonna, but I think of a guy like Brian Welsh, who every year will write me. Great lineup. I hope I can come. Or, hey, man, I can't make it. Money's tight. I think about a guy like Brian Welsh. And I think about the young kid who's, Joe, this is my first time coming out here. And then I think of a kid who came all the way from China, didn't really know how to read well, mm-hmm. showed up the Thursday to see you today, even though he only had a Sunday ticket. And like, do we let him in? I went, he just came here from China. And I think sorry, about that Bruce brother. Lee movie. Sorry, I think about that, sorry Bruce. You ain't I think coming about that in, Bruce Lee movie where they go out to the island. I think about him getting on one of them boats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, how, I'm thinking, like, how does he get from China to this hardcore without like knowing that Thursday? Yeah, yeah. They're like, do we let him in? I'm like, yes, we let him in. He came for the show. He gets yeah. to come the whole I don't care what happens. And he came alone? Yeah. That's Small sad. human being, amazing kid, was super friendly, language barrier, what it was. Just like, I think about them kind of people, man, and, I, and it gets me excited. And then afterwards, I have my, like, when it's all said and done and, like, the fucking... The, you know, like at the end of a grill, when you get like the brickets and they're cooling down. Yeah. I have my moment of like little kid, holy fuck, that was great. But in the moment, we're moving pieces. Last year, how do you think we ended the fest? How do you think we ended the fest? Oh, what do you mean? I want you to take your, I want you both to say, how did Joe Hardcore end his fest? By eating somewhere. That normally would be the case. Okay. Mav, how about you? I don't know, Joe. I would say you go and eat someplace in this unwinding and then enjoying it after the fact so we rented a van to help get some of the bands around right we all go down to eat at oregon diners always where we end up all the kids who help break down the fest i take them out we treat them everybody to go eat nice we had thought that just throwing all the wood was appropriate all that big tent wood yeah get a phone call with a picture this is not acceptable they're not going to take this okay and i'm like Oh, cool. So we go out. We don't have wine down, but we have a great meal. Everybody goes home. Me, the juice, his brother, Damien, Damien's sort of English-speaking future wife, Kanai, and my wife go back to the backyard with Crazy Ghost, the most colorful, weird staff member of this hardcore. Like, it's a fucking creepy pop- little guy. I like him, though. The best. And we've got to cut up and illegally dump all the wood in a, in a trash dumpster at Jeez. one of the construction spots until wow. 3.30 in the morning and then the ghost who's a fucking psychopath goes hey remember when I wanted to use the van I'm like yeah he's like I need to get all these drums he bought the backline from the drum company that backlined us Yeah. so I had to drop him off in West Philadelphia with all the drums that's all my best <laughs> I got home at 5 <laughs> oh, in the morning wow. I had no energy left and when I laid in bed I said that fucking weekend was cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and that's man. how it is, man. That's really how it is. You probably love that shit, though. Right? That's like a cool a cool thing. One year, me and Juice were leaving the venue, and the drummer from Marauder, who was uh, scamming people... Oh, I remember that, yeah. ...was in cuffs up against the wall, and I rolled down the window and was like, that man's been on crack for three days, and the cops said, shut the fuck up and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Another yeah, he time, was like terrorizing everybody, yeah, that guy, yeah. wasn't he? Another year, we were loading out and trying to beat the rain in 2014 with Madball and Bad Luck 13. Yeah. As we're in the yard, it's super wet and rainy. I get a phone call, and I'm like, okay, I have to go deal with this. Some maniac shitty bouncer at Voltage maced everybody at Voltage during the power trip after oh, party. Shit. Oh, shit. And I had to go over there, and I was outside doing EMT style, dumping water in faces of people. Oh, that was my last thing I did sucked. at the fest before we went to eat. There's always a funny way. The Sunday, like, this, there was one year where we were all you pissed off. Kidding. Where we th- Where we threw so many chairs, all those rental chairs, 
that Sean Agnew, who now no longer deals with the rental shit for us, was like, hey, um, there's, they want like $400 because you guys broke a lot of chairs. Wow. I'm like, bullshit. And then he sent me a picture of all the chairs we threw. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we did that. <laughs> we're just in a bad move. Fuck these chairs. That was a bad chairs. luck show? No, it was like a year oh. or two before we were oh, like, okay. fuck these fucking chairs, motherfucker. That bad luck show was a mess afterwards. Ah, you know, you have 17 fucking safety meetings. And the day of, those Red Bull fucking hi-hats were still on the floor. Mm -hmm. All the things we weren't allowed to do, they put all the bouncers up on the top. They didn't guard the wall. They didn't know the doors in the back. I mean, No, they tried to attack me. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, in the back. Rishi's ready to get attacked because he was... Yo, bad luck is playing. There's stuff flying all over, vomit, whatever. They don't and want my you. guitar head is on the stage while they're playing. You, I'm like, yeah, trying to grab that shit. I gotta get it, and I'm just trying to reach for it. And the, the bounce. It was a multifaceted attack on my senses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Yeah. A multifaceted attack on my senses that year. That was funny. That was a good. Time. And what's crazy is, is 24 hours from that time, I was cl trying to climb the Ben Franklin Bridge to jump off. <laughs> Jesus. Damn. I think you would have survived, though. I wish. And had a good story. If you did it. Luckily, luckily you didn't do it. Yeah, thank God, man. Jeez. Next time, no. Don't, don't, don't even No, we're not me. doing that no more. Nah. I live to fight another day. That's a bad way to go out. Jumping off of Ben Franklin Bridge. Jeez. <sighs> Imagine, like, you survive it all, like, fucked up. Oh. Listen. Like, you're like, like, with listen, the fucking throat thing. That ever oh. happens, put me out. Dude, pillow. Listen, I got Someone no nice marry my wife and pillow me immediately. Well, nobody's marrying your wife, but I'll take you out. Now with a pillow, that's like pillow. I mean. I'm going to give you a Rita Gelada, but little, put a little arsenic in it, feed it to you through a little straw, yeah. pet your head, peace yeah. you out. Everybody's happy. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. Do not, not let me be a fucking vegetable. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll choke you, though. Yeah, you like getting choked now. With that. <laughs> yeah, shit. I might not tap. Yeah, <laughs> you won't be able Christ. to tap. I won't be able to tap. Dude. Oh my God! <laughs> Listen, Joey, you did a, a good. We're excited. I know uh, Chris will be there probably for forty minutes while we play. Then I'll leave. But otherwise, <laughs> nah. Chris is gonna enjoy himself. Chris always enjoys. He's Crush reunion. Chris is like you. Chris Crush is reunion, uh, two thousand and twenty. Oh, Crush shit. reunion. I'm calling it. You know, Chris used to be in Crush. I right? know he was. Chris, what's your favorite Crush song? My favorite Crush song. See, he's thinking right. He doesn't right. know any. Wait, no, wait, no, wait. <laughs> Fist thrown up. Okay, all right. You got it's a good one. I thought that is one band that kids always want to see. That's really weird. It was like, I always think that we should do it for a Keystone Jam, too. Yeah, and I, I always know. think that one day it's going to show up on an East Coast Tsunami lineup. Be like, yeah, you know, he asked me. So we, you know, we pulled Sean nah, and Carl out of nowhere. Never. I always said never. It's like it was around before the time that it could be These documented well enough. These kids fucking love it. You know? You got the crush tattoo on your arm. You have to do it. That's the, uh, yeah, that's from the seven inch with surrounded. Yo, how Remember crazy is Yo, I have the seven inch with that one with the blue and the white. Yeah. The, two, the first, first edition. Yeah. I had so many of them back to basic records and I don't now. Yeah, he was putting them out like consistently. I, had, I, had, I think I had this, this was his second one. I had that. Yeah, that's number two. Yeah. I had so many of them. Yeah. Wonder how, you know, vinyl's really expensive now. Wonder how much it was back then. Then? I'll tell you right now because Jersey Bob was doing them. Yeah. And he's the one who sent me. I was trying to do the Kensington 7-inch, but I was a fucking retard living in an apartment in a bone. I went to put out the Kensington 7-inch. I think then it would have cost $700 for a 1000 mm. It's not cheap like CDs, man. Yeah. It's just well, expensive, man. Back then, disc makers was like the fucking wow. Yeah. Still is great, but people just don't want CDs. So. CDs mm. nuts. Yo, see. Yo, still AJ a bit, from 
face rec yeah. preserving, he buys CDs. Yo, I'm going to give him a ton of shit. I, I'm literally giving him a giant crate of CDs, and I'm going to be selling all of my old T-shirts Damn. for $5 at the fest. Really? $5. I used to say I'm not going to. I sold a couple. I can't do the $25 T-shirt gimmick, I t- but I have so many shirts. I'm now at large. There's XL shirts I'd love to keep. I may keep a handful. Like I have a Life Sick Life shirt, Jay from Insana. Oh, wow. I remember he that. died. Yeah. I got hit in the ear with a fucking bat and bled all on the side of my head. Mm. And I got pretty fucked up that night and got kicked really bad in the stomach. And by my landlord, because we had a party after my first show. And the only thing cool my ever dad did in this regard, he heard about the fight, came up the hill and fucked the landlord up for fucking putting oh, his yeah? hand on his son. Wow. Papa came up and fucked that dude up. But anyway, I had the blood on that shirt still and I can't get rid of it. No, you got to save that. That's one. a piece of history, gone, man. Yeah. Know? I got to save that shirt. There's a handful of them. I remember them dudes. They were cool from Jersey, right? No, they were, uh, you know, the area. They were on the Mayfair Diner. They were oh, the, yeah. Yeah, they were the Mayfair Diner dudes. Jersey dudes were always, remember Larry from The Real Deal? Yeah. And Alex from Burnside? Yeah. That was that gang. And then a little bit further down, remember remember that crazy place? Um, I always Uncle played with Pizza? Life Sick Life in Jersey. That's they played a bunch of places yeah, there. That's probably what I thought Jay, of Tra- Jay was our friend. He knew dudes in Long Island when none of us knew anything about Long Island. One last story, if we got time. Hmm. We get into a big fight in Camden. It was when we were height of fighting Nazis all the time. Me and a couple Philly guys fucked this Nazi up real bad out front of the XYZ show, which was Canduria, Floor Punch, Breakdown, and Follow Through. Met was putting the show on a Club XYZ in Pensalkin over 130. That show gets shut down, but at Camden, remember that spot run by the uh, Bodiqua gangster dudes, Casablancas? Like yeah. That shady like thing? Cool looking club. Yeah. yeah. But it was Madball playing there. So we drove over and got breakdown at it, but Candiria wouldn't play. Yeah. So this is like that year of me being fucking nuts out of my mind. Carmen, who I grew up with, who had died. Jay Insana from Life Sick Life, who's now dead. Jersey Bob, Gut Punch Richard, who's married, happy. And Shane from Life Sick Life, who's now dead. Wow. Only two of us are live in that, from that car. All hanging out. Jesus, man. Yeah, man. And Bob sold all his records and is married. The only one left from that time in 1998. That's still active. It's so fucking hardcore. crazy. 21 years later. Soul Survivor. Soul Survivor. Killer. Thriller. Great storyteller. Truly. Chris, how quick did you get this one up? Could you work your magic? I'm going to work my magic. Because this fest is coming up in only two weeks. No, no. I'm, three. Three weeks. I'm 26 gonna work, I'm going to work my magic. No, no, 25 days. 25 fucking days. Don't play around, Chris. Chris, see, Chris, like a lot of this work is on a computer, so he starts jerking off to the porn. Yeah. He never gets to it. I get distracted. Trouble porn. <laughs> I wonder like he's a. I wonder what kind of porn Chris would like. Though. He really likes the shit from right at about the time when that fucking volcano went off at Pompeii. Yeah. That's his shit. <laughs> he likes frozen stone statue porn. Statue <laughs> He's really into statue porn and rubble. What a nerd. Oh, that day. Oh, that grave. Yo, Joe, respect. Thank you. Love you. Love respect. You, Thanks for coming out. Joe came out real far. He did, man. This ah, is the, this, remember when I tell you the fatherland? Yeah. This is the part heart. of the fatherland, son. This is the heart. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, homie. All right, man. Thank Can't you. Can't wait. This is Arkwar. Be there. Respect. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time.
get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is post-America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!